Welcome to another edition of Banter and Babble. I'm the Dude 79, and joining me always, my esteemed colleague, Mr. Fanboy Tone. Mr. Fanboy Tone, what's going on, dude? Wednesday, we are only a few more days away from the fucking weekend again. Almost there. I'm ready for it. We're almost there. It's been a long week. Uh, well, my 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 flare up has gone away. <laughs> uh, my I, I'm not <laughs> the, the a, box of cream that's actually over here too. <laughs> no, <laughs> it's all gone. Yeah. Uh, I thought that said fuck meth. Um, <laughs> uh, no, man, it's uh, I tell you what, this past weekend I had a long weekend. Because I was like, you know, hey, New Year, I gotta burn all my vacation time. Yeah. Uh, but I spent most of it sick, so that's good. That go go figure. You know, the first week I'm like, all right, man, I got all my vacation balances back. I'm gonna start burning off time. Fucking sick the entire weekend, dude. The entire weekend. I mean, congested, snot everywhere. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was. I was a fucking mess. And of course, my wife was like, oh, it's just a man cold. Man up. Stop being a bitch. I was like, I can't. I don't feel good. Rub my back. She was like, fuck you. Yeah, she definitely runs it around here, let me tell you. No, she does. I'm in charge, okay? <laughs> yeah. I'm in fucking charge. I run this house. Never witnessed that around I here. I run a tight ship, okay? I'm There's- always like, please, mom, may come in. <laughs> <laughs> There's no truth to that, I promise you. Uh, but no, man, yeah, it was it was a kind of a rough weekend. Um, But uh, other than my voice, I feel pretty much close to 100% again, so... Was able to shake off that COVID and the herpes and whatnot. So, doing good, man. Scraping off the cold sores. <laughs> it was bad. Um, but, you know, man, there was, I, I just want to give a quick shout out. Yeah. Quick, there quick was one out. highlight this weekend. There was one big The highlight. Detroit Lions yeah. came out swinging and ended the season on a high note by going into Lambeau mm-hmm. Field and knocking out the King of the North. The most pompous piece of shit, Aaron Rodgers, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and that was awesome, man. It was a it was an awesome game to watch. Uh, like Prime said, man, these are the types of games the Lions just would not go in and win. You know, they're not playing for anything. Earlier in the day, the Seahawks got past the Rams. We almost made it, but Brock Mayfield was like, you know what, I'm a piece of shit, or whatever his name. I don't know if it's Brock Mayfield, whatever Mayfield is, he's a piece of shit and he sucks, and he cost the Lions a playoff trip. But they came out, they played hard, they did great. And Jamal Williams continues to be your favorite player in the NFL due to his introduction. You know I was about to say that shit, too. I, so this is a – I don't really talk a lot of football, um, and it's because I have a lot of hate-love relationship with the Lions. I stopped watching them years ago. Uh, yep. I'm, my number two team growing up as a kid was always the Packers. Oh, so boy. even going into this game, I was like, kind of still want to see the Packers win, right? However, the catalyst, <laughs> the new – uh, equation into this whole entire mathematical thing that's going on is Jamal, who is <laughs> the most amazing, outspoken, apparently super nice and caring, yes, really fan loving, nice but just like this super nerd of a guy, the fucking weeb dude, <laughs> dude straight up, and he don't fuck around. Like I'm telling you, I've probably watched that interview of him yelling at the guy saying Pokemon. <laughs> At least nearly a dozen times at this point. Because I'll scroll through Facebook and somebody else will discover it. And I'm just like, nope. Yeah, first swag Kazakagi of the dead. Yeah, yeah. he is like leader of the village of the dead. Yeah, dude. Like that. How does that not like, like for me, I'm just like, well, maybe I'm going to have to start watching the line. Did you see his, his post game interview? 
with the, talking about his grandpa. Yeah, and then uh, and then how it just switched to the uh, how it just went from yeah. like you know, oh my, you know, this is from yeah. my great grandfather, and yeah. I was saying yeah. he goes and don't play with this man. We the Detroit Lions. He's yeah. like he's what he say. He goes and don't let these tears fool you. This is all dog up in this mug. I was just like, this guy just went from crying his eyes out mm-hmm. to one of the most like fucking just bad. <laughs> You know, I feel like as somebody who used to watch the Lions and cry every time. Never had somebody like that, man. Well, we've had iconic people on there. It's just like, you know, it's the same thing with all Detroit teams. We have to build teams because we don't have the money for these star players. It's a different market, right? We've had Barry Sanders. We've had Calvin Calvin Johnson's. We've had Matt Stafford's. We've had these great people that you can say those were great legacy lions or whatever yeah, you want to say sure so and we, you know with with matt leaving last year and there really hasn't been anybody to step up and kind of take this place but we've also never had anybody as flamboyant as like uh um who's an, who who's the guy back in the seahawks a few years ago it was always uh oh uh sherman richard sherman yeah like yeah. guys like that like very outspoken very dis- just just big very, personality right right that's good for us because that that gets more sight on on a team for one yep. it gets it is the same Maybe I want to go play for the Lions now. Right? Oh, I mean, there's, a, there's like a lot of. Lo- I mean, I mean, dude, the, I can't that's remember a, that's the last time at the end of a season we had so many players come out and say, "I want to come back." Yeah, unrestricted free. Like right yeah. now, Jamal Williams is an unrestricted free agent, so everyone's like, "Look, he's probably going to ask for some big money." And I, I want, I, but it's it's the locker room presence, man. It's that locker room presence. You need people that good like guy, that. the fun guy you that everyone can rally like around. I hope they that. sign him, man. I, I mean, I don't know how much he's going to ask for. I mean, that's always kind of the agent thing, but, you know. Well, he had a good season, too, He right? did, man. He ran for 1,000 yards, which we haven't had one of those in, like, 10 years. And people were like, no one saw that coming. Nope. And he, ran, and he left the league in touchdowns with 17. So, I mean, why would, the, why would they not say, here's some fucking, give him some, give, listen, give him a, listen, Detroit. Get him an entire year's worth, at least, of some free Little Caesars pizza, <laughs> and give him a couple extra a fucking bunch of Pokemon, a, bu- yeah. a bunch of Pokemon. Yeah, packs. hook him up with some Pokemon packs. Don't say Pokemon. <laughs> I like when he said that. He goes, he goes, ooh, you sounding old. Yeah, he's like, because <laughs> the guy, what the guy said, like, I like, bought some Pokemon cards for my kid. Like, I don't good. think he did. Like, yeah, yeah, there, I don't right. think so. I don't know what you gave him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pay the man exactly. So I don't know that him enough was it was honestly like I. Paid more attention to the Lions for the first time in a long time, many five, six, seven years now, partly because of him. And the, honestly, the end of the year, but there's hard not to when you live in Michigan, even though I am firmly against fucking drinking Kool-Aid, it's hard not want to sip once in a while when everybody else is fucking sipping. I mean, dude, when they were one in six, it was just like we were just like everyone's like, man, I don't know. This doesn't look good. Then they finished when eight out of their last ten. And they're beating good teams along the way. You know, I mean it was it was pretty awesome, man. And you know, the coach, everyone, the team is kind of like they're rallying around the coach. Well, they're taking well, on his well. personality. They've got the players. And, man, the national media, I mean, everybody picked the Packers to win that mm-hmm. game, except for Tony Dungy. Mm-hmm. Tony D was the only guy that said Lions will win. And, and dude, like the next day, you know, a lot, a lot of the, the, the experts were like, you know, oh, what's Aaron Rodgers going to do? Where's he going to go? And that was the talk. But, man, there was a couple of guys. Rex Ryan was just like, no, let's talk about the team that went up to Lambeau and beat the hell out of the Packers. And, and, and what did Rex Ryan say? He goes, and, and everyone wants to talk about the Packers being the class of that, that division. He's like, for the next five years, the NFC North goes through Detroit. I was just like, damn, dude. Yeah, let's hope. People are starting to buy into it, and, mm-hmm. I, and I dig it, man. But Jamal Williams is a, is a character, man. And, uh, and, you know, 
even in hard, uh, when Hard Knocks came on, he had a very passionate speech to the team. You're just like, man, this guy just loves the game. Yeah. He loves the game, and he loves anime, and he loves Pokemon. He just wants to go home and play Pokemon. He just Pokemon wants to go home and play Pokemon. And play football. He doesn't listen to that shit. No. And, uh, and that's the way he should be. And then, so I'm glad that, you know, that, you know, you found something to like about the Lions, Jamal Williams. And, and who knows, man, maybe this leads to a thing where you're just like, you know what? I just like the Lions in general because they go out, they play hard, man. and they're, and they're full of fun, I'm man. seeing this motherfucker wearing a fucking head protector. <laughs> <laughs> the fucking slash through the 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 um the the sand ninjas, <laughs> and he's wearing this Naruto thing, and I'm like, holy shit! What what is this dude doing? So yeah, yeah. Running backs turn to pumpkins sometimes, though. I hope Jamal has a few more seasons in him. Yeah, oh, for sure. You know, like I said, I, I think as long as he's in that limited role, switching with time with with De- uh, DeAndre Swift. Because Swift is kind of like the the lightning and Jamal's yeah. the thunder. Yeah. And as long as he understands that, and I think he does. I think he is a team guy. He seems like somebody's a role player. Yeah, he he understands it. his yeah. role, and he knows that, you know, yeah. when it comes to – we've seen it a couple of times. They try to throw to him, and it's just like probably throwing those to Swift because yeah. he doesn't have quite the hands for it. But he understands that. He knows what his role mm-hmm. is. Like you said, mm-hmm. he's a team guy. Uh, <laughs> dude is a jock and nerd after fusion dance. <laughs> Take it where we can get it. That's for so, sure. We we needed something like that. So. I didn't want to get too much. I just want to say shout out to the Lions. Yeah, they made me exciting. a believer again, man. I'm I, I love this team. I love the the culture that they're building, and I really hope it carries over. I mean, momentum. Everyone talks about it. Some people believe in it. Some people don't. Um, I hope it does carry over, and I hope this leads to a brighter future for this franchise. Because fuck, it has been a minute since this team has been relevant in any which way in the NFL. Yes. So. yes. And I was the guy who actually liked Schwartz to agree because he was kind of that guy. Yeah, Schwartz had that fiery attitude. I, just, I love that shit. So. He was fiery, but, man, anyway. it just nothing ever happened. But I digress. That's it for sports talk. Let's talk about these shirts, bro. Talk about the new shirt. So here is my new shirt here that I've got the blue Lobot imported. Lobot, Lobot blue, blue imported. Best Bespin Pilsner. So. You don't get a lot of Lobot stuff anywhere ever in Star Wars. So really big shout out once again to On Target Parodies for sponsoring again two weeks in a row. You can still go to the website. Oh, there's I probably a button. I got it. I and got you it. can still get up until midnight tonight. Buy a T-shirt, get 15% off or buy a koozie, whatever you need. Whatever you want. Whatever you want. 15% off. Use code B-A-N-D-B. At the checkout, get that fifteen percent off. He'll get it shipped out to you right away. Um, he ships that stuff out super fast. Yeah, so he, people, I got this stuff. really quick. Dude. I ordered this on <clears throat> Friday. Yeah, and got it yesterday. Yeah, so this is the Endor Forest Moon Dark yeah, Ale. That's a that's a sweet one. Big so. fan of the, of the Dark Ale. So uh, again, check out his website. Hit that link. Yeah, and if you want to pick something up, use BNB to get that fifteen percent. That discount ends tonight. So make yeah. sure you get on that. Or if you know any fucking nerdy friends that would love to a mashup of beer and Star Wars, yep. like I don't know who wouldn't. Right. Get them over there. Have mm-hmm. them check it out. Tonight is the last night you can use that code. Yep. And again, shout out to them over at On Target Parodies. Thank you so much for allowing us to Appreciate showcase it. your stuff, hooking us up with some shirts, uh, some with the with the with the bottles that we got last week, the koozie. Thank you so much. We really appreciate you. Yep. And then of course uh, he'll be at the Midland Mall Comic Con as well too. Signed over this week. So. Got a special con shirt that they're working on as well too, since it is also. <laughs> I'm okay. <laughs> I went down the air pipe. <laughs> yeah, we have tricky. Can you put a time? Can you pause the stream or something out there? I don't know if you got a, you got a button out there. Man, man. It was really good beer. <laughs> 
Sorry about that. Continue. Comic Con. Jeez. Man. Ugh. Oh, my, the clench for a minute. Oh, Jeez. that was that was crazy. Continue, sir. Got solo show. <laughs> Calling Rohit Raju over here real quick. Um, but yes, thank you again for sponsoring. At the end of the day, they're gonna be at the Middle Mall Comic Con. They got a special shirt gonna be there for the Comic Con as well too. Some of y'all have seen it. It's really sweet. It's got the dinosaur. Yeah, that shirt is sweet. Yep, really, really excited. So I'll <laughs> probably be picking up on them as well too. And if you, of course, know somebody that might like the shirts, show them the website. But hey, you got some birthdays coming up. Whatever it might be, yeah. Father's Day is only a couple months. There you go, fifteen percent off. Boom. Dad will love it. Dad will love it for sure. He's mouth to mouth. No, no. no. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, 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 yeah don't right. help. Now after those cold sores for a week. <laughs> Shut up. So what's going on? What's new with you, man? Uh, I finally beat Trails of Cold Steel 2. After, what? After two years? Uh, yeah, right. Uh, so I beat Trails of Cold Steel 1 early last year on uh, the spring, and I took a hiatus from gaming for a few months early in the fall. Um, as I was already working on Trails of Cold Steel 2, and finally, um, after the third fucking boss and third fucking ending of that game, was able to start Trails of Cold Steel 3 last weekend. Oh, man. Proceeding to go through that, uh, probably this weekend I'll hopefully get some time to get that, then get to 4, and then get to the two side games, and then the fifth game is coming out, and it's just, uh, you know, we're just, we're just going to work on that. So not a whole lot other than that with me, like, very honestly, I just... Are you a bigger Trails guy than you are a Final Fantasy? <clears throat> I know my voice just did a puberty thing. <laughs> I told you, man, my voice is gonna go to shit real quick tonight. This is great. Um, I love it. Uh, <laughs> no, I. Well, here's the thing. No, Final Fantasy is integrated in my lifeblood. Is what introduced me into JRPGs and and RPGs in general. From literally the NES version of sure. you know Final Fantasy 1988 or whatever. It's like that. That was it. That that changed my life in gaming. That that trajectile. You know, always be that route. Um, and though Final Fantasies have a love-hate relationship over the last couple decades as well, too, especially when Enix did buy them, because um, they're, they're I just don't, still don't feel like they have the luster. Uh, and, and I could really talk about some of the stuff coming out and some of the other games they're doing and calling different things and not calling Final Fantasies and making them different names and whatever, blah, blah, blah. That said, what I like about Trails of Cold Steel 2 is that they all lean into this anime-esque look in some way. Mm-hmm. Trails leads... Trails takes what I like about these games, what most people don't, and is heavy character development, heavy dialogue, like a lot of reading sometimes, mm-hmm. and a lot of like cutscenes, but really super anime, sci-fi, fantasy, medieval right. fantasy, a lot of mashups here. It, it just has a really amazing uh, anime look to it. And just do they over do, the, anime do the same times, so. carry over? So <clears throat> they, it's weird because save one from Trails, yes. So some of your choices, some of the characters will carry over into two. Mm-hmm. Certain things will, certain choices um, two to three does not, though. However, oh. I found out two to four does because oh. what they do in three is they kind of um, it's not like it's, they kind of like branch off a little bit, introduce new characters, a new class. Your main character is kind of like now their teacher. Mm-hmm. He's still involved. So they're just introducing more stuff, whereas four kind of picks up with some with, after three and still kind of goes in the timeline, but picks up other characters and certain uh character choices that you like your love interest. Yeah. That's when that will pick back up, apparently, in four. Uh-huh. So, so it's weird because I was trying to import two to three and it wouldn't let me I'm like, what the fuck's going on well i read real quick i'm like okay so you can't import but there's no import apparent. from any trails game to three three is a standalone no, three, title three's three's well i mean <laughs> three's still chronological and it's it's taking place a year and a half after the last game oh, about okay, two years okay. so it's still all uh copacetic with the story but um yeah it's it's a it's a whole other ball game there's a lot going on out there that's a series that's been around since the 90s so mm. oddly enough but. i wanted to ask you because i know there's a game that comes out on friday that i, I seen a trailer for and it, it reminded me a little bit of trails is one piece odyssey 
what if is we're talking if if it's one piece to anime, it's an anime I don't care about. Oh, okay. So I don't even I like I just don't I can't get into the aesthetic or look of it. And I know a lot of people love One Piece. A lot of people swear by Luffy. Blah blah blah. I don't know if like Brian or any of that. Some of these guys out here are probably gonna know a lot. Most people love One Piece if they watch One Piece. I've just never been able to get into it. Like I, anime, you got to take with a grain of salt when it comes to the goofiness and the comedy, which is fine. But I can't deal with over cartoony characterized anime characters and like characters in One Piece just look like. They almost look like clowns to me, and that, that, that's a that's a major turnoff for me. Oh like, no! I watch like like Bleach or like Naruto and things. Characters where most of the time they look pretty normal and things like that. So a block list says I couldn't get past the looks. That's but what man, a lot of people say. Actually, good. Um, a lot of people do crash. A lot of people love One Piece, but um, uh, there there's some there's uh some really interesting games coming out this. If you're a JRPG fan, an RPG fan, and care about those titles and don't know what's coming out this year. DM me or holler at me because there's some gems coming out this year that are people don't realize. There's mm-hmm. a couple that I'm finding, and there's one out there right now that people won't shut up about too. So oh really? Which Ch- one's that? Chained Echoes, I guess. Chained Echoes. Chained yeah, Echoes. Like a lot in the JRPG, of hype behind that one. And the JRPG community right now, it is like is every, that on Switch? Every, I think it's on Switch. I think it's on all consoles, but I think it's on Game Pass. Is why it is on Game Pass. And, it and is. people That's why are circled. Actually, now you mentioned it. People are circle jerking hard right now for that. So. Blue Protocol, if it ever comes out this year. Yeah, Blanco threw that in the Discord, I believe. He put a trailer in there for Blue Protocol. <coughs> network just got, network test got, well, we got We got Wayfinder hopefully next week. <laughs> we're getting that beta. That's what we're hoping. Ba- yeah, Wayfinder beta is, is next week. Yeah, um, so hopefully that, we get so. into that and get some time to check that out. That's under an NDA, so we won't be able to stream or talk about it until the NDA is lifted because it's still in a very early phase of the game. Yeah. Uh, a lot of things are tweaking with it. And actually, I think it's going to be one of those games where it's going to be um an early access at one point because i think it's the full release is later this fall but there's gonna be a couple betas up to like an early access release and then the full-on mm-hmm. release will be later this fall but um no yeah they sent out notifications that uh i think our codes or invites should be sent to us by the 19th and then the beta runs from the 20th to the 23rd or something like that so uh we should get a couple days with it over the next weekend to check it out and it was all about. I'm really excited to check that out, man. I love Airship Syndicate mm. and them having kind of like a, a live service or a, a games as a service uh, RPG co op, you know, dungeon crawler sort of game. Yeah, yeah especially with that art design from Mad Joe. So I am very, very excited for that. Yeah, so hopefully yeah. we're able to get into that. Um, other than that, Tom, what else? Anything else you got to touch on really quick? Other than my fucking awesome voice just doing this weird thing right now. Kind of annoying. I'm just gonna drink and blow it out of my nose again. Sure. Hey, we got a lot of cool stuff to talk about tonight. A lot of great topics. But Tom, the first thing we're gonna touch on is something that kind of uh, unfolded last night. Um, Woo! This kept me up. This this one uh this one had you a little concernicus. I was fucking up. You were not happy about it. So Tom, late last night. Well, not too late, but uh, Bodyslam.net, who covers uh all forms like wrestling, MMA, and whatnot. They wrote an exclusive article saying the WWE sale to Saudi investment fund is done. The company is going private. I didn't even see this. I don't know much about, you know, WWE. I'm more into the AEW circuit, the mm-hmm. indie circuit with like with uh, Rohit and, and Jake. But, you know, you were up in arms about this. You were like, this is a five alarm fire. Yeah. We have major. <laughs> I wasn't alone. <laughs> issues. And yeah, and yeah the, the, the boards and everything, forums were going nuts. Uh, there was, uh, m- on the trending side of it, like, 
Vince was trending. Saudi Arabia was trending. Because Vince Sammy is back somehow. He's back from the dead. So, yeah, this old piece of shit fuck decided to somehow, since he's got most of the shares, yep. wedge his way back into the board, voted, vote, got a vote to be back on the board. Wow. After all his sexual allegations, which I don't know if they're fully wrapped up or maybe I don't know what's going on. Um, his daughter steps down as co-CEO, which thought that was nuts. Well, she actually was leaving last spring and she was stepping down. I think she was just going to like do background stuff or maybe just, you know, do something else in life. I don't know. Well, she had to come back in to help run with Nick Khan to be able to keep the ship going or whatever. But, um, yeah, Stephanie gone is, is official. Um, which is unfortunate because I, you know, her and her and Triple H, I'm, I'm big fans of, uh, but, uh, yeah, this this whole thing coming out of nowhere, and you know all the reports were saying so. Originally, when he's back on the board, everybody's like, "Well, of course, of course," because guess what's coming up? The Royal Rumble yep. and the Road to WrestleMania. It'd be the first year had he not where he wouldn't be involved in some sort of sense. And knowing his th- listen, at the end of the day, this is all about ego, everybody. Just so everybody knows about Vince McMahon, the the owner of Re- the Wrestling Federation, WWE uh, Entertainment, whatever the fucking <clears throat> blah blah blah. It's all about ego with him. The man is 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 chokes on hubris every fucking day. Mm-hmm. That's all it is. It's about that and money probably. Um, he can't he can't stand the fact that WrestleMania, the thing that he created that really made rock star of wrestling, mm-hmm. he wouldn't be involved. And Triple H, who has had the helm in the time that he's been back, has kind of in some ways righted the ship, like. You were still feeling the vibrations of that, and we wouldn't see the full Triple H for really months and maybe a year past WrestleMania to see the changes he made, um, which for a lot of people because, you know, Triple H has a better, closer pulse to, like, reality. He's not out of touch. Vince is very out of touch. Mm-hmm. He's the kind of guy that says, you look like a cowboy. Let's go out there and throw you as a cowboy suit or whatever. Um Vince can't handle the fact that somebody else is playing with his toys right. that he created. Because, again, it comes down to hubris. Um, so it made all sense. Like, okay, Jesus, he wedged himself back in there. What does this look like for creative? Well, originally, it was, oh, well, Triple H is still involved in creative. Well, you can put that on paper and say that in every news thing you want. That don't right. mean shit. Right. Not with Vince uh, Vince McMahon. So, um, and then all of a sudden, a day later or later in the day, I, you know, the events cloud me. You see this come through, and literally everybody just was like, it was, it was, it was a hot fire all over. And right. I'm like in conversations all night, like I texting like uh, literally a dozen fucking people talking about this right uh this whole situation and uh, apparently they're saying that he they they figured he was meeting on the board maybe to sell it they've been talking about selling for a couple years maybe going private or keeping public something was going to happen some of the front runners have been apple disney uh one of the bigger news networks like cn something I, i don't know um and then of course also somewhere out on the other side of the, the 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 world, which we thought maybe probably was Saudi Arabia, mm-hmm. well, that's what broke, and that's what got people heated, and myself included. Because listen, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you can sell, it, do whatever you want. It's your fucking company, your fucking money. Mm-hmm. But Saudi Arabia, and I'm not, I don't, we don't really get too deep into the shit on here. Saudi Arabia does nothing but fund terrorism, and I, I me, and I know a lot of people aren't a fan mm-hmm. they do the crown jewel thing over there there's wrestlers that won't wrestle over there because yeah they make a lot of fucking money yep but i mean these are people who uh um you know discriminate a lot especially against minorities and um certain wrestlers because of their ethnicity can't even wrestle over there right uh i mean you can't 
you know, gender, women, I was you say, know, women any, are anything, probably a huge hit. Anything, yeah, anything in the LGBTQ community, nothing over like it wouldn't fly. Like, so if they own this company, what would that mean for a lot of the people that are on the roster? Right. right? That's a big thing. That's a big concern. Like, I mean, could you even have a wrestling women's wrestling division? I, who fucking knows, right? Mm-hmm. So you know, it got everybody up in a tizzy because everybody's like, like myself included, like, well, if this is a fucking case, I ain't fucking watching this shit. Yeah, they murder journalists too. Let's, like you said, they fund fucking terrorism. You know, so uh, it got everybody heated and rightfully so. And yes, did have we all jumped the gun? Apparently I will, so. I, no, look, I went uh, maybe like this this article. So this 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 person works uh, in in the industry, covers the industry. And they came out and said, contrary to reports stating otherwise last night, there is no deal in place at this precise moment for WWE to be sold to Saudi Arabia's public investment fund or any entity, sources say. The organization is still exploring all options, I'm told. This is developing. And it's also worth noting that the original original tweet stating it was a done deal has since been deleted. But that also, uh, there's another article that says, it's n- it hasn't happened yet. That doesn't mean Vince and somebody else isn't trying to work this deal exactly in, in progress right now. And I think that's where it gets because you know, you see seeing people like oh everybody jump the gun on this or oh blah. like listen all these places dirt sheets and all stuff they're known for like you know combing through the mud and finding whatever they can and yeah. get it out there get this news yeah. it gets clicks it gets whatever. This is a little bit different. This is this is like I mean you're you're literally trending all over Twitter and you got everybody up in a. Well, I mean Vince TV. comes back and all of a sudden the story breaks. It's just like right, right, and, 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 and it was known that they had apparently a hand in trying to buy as well too because the, the folks over there love wrestling, so right. they they knew that this was something that could be a possibility. There were even quotes out there saying Vince said somebody in the locker room said you better learn Arabic, buddy. Kind of thing, like oh really? Yeah, that was one of the quotes that was being kicked around out there. Wow. Guys like Sami Zayn, who's Syrian, <laughs> like he couldn't wrestle over there. You know what I mean? He's one of their top guys right now. So what, what would that theoretically mean for him, right? Right. If this was truly real, but at the end of the day, like I listen, nobody's nobody's hands are clean from anything. Like we all do things that you know we have to. You know, we're all human, right? Right. But this is an entirely different thing. This is a, literally a country who funds fucking terrorism. It's fucking gross. Right. So even the thought of it is disgusting. It all does come down to money, yes. Um, but now, this the next piece of this, so, like, are we still selling? We don't know. Is he back to sell? That's what they're saying. Now the rumors are going around, and, you know, uh, some people that we might know in, in the wrestling industry have kind of mentioned, hey, by the way, this is what I'm hearing, uh, is that he might not be selling – it was just a ruse to get him back on the board to get in control of creative oh, again as well, too, geez. by saying he's selling, gets him back on the board, gets the attention, and then now he's in control again as well, too, and it can sideswipe everything else that he was supposed to be doing. Again, because all these allegations, he had to step down, blah, blah, blah. So, what you know, is there smoke and mirrors? There's certainly plenty of it going on clearly right now, too. Is It's very hot newsworthy if you're a fan of wrestling or if you're not. You know, it's it's big news either way because it's, it's some crazy ass shit, right? But, um, you know, certainly last night it had all of us up in arms, and like all morning, like the first thing I, first thing I woke up to this morning, six thirty in the morning, with a text from somebody like talking about it. Wow, like literally, like that's and but that's what it was like for me last night, like just scrolling through news and people just kept texting. Well, I mean, the WWE and wrestling in general is just massive, dude. And when you make when, when yeah. something like this breaks, where you know if a deal like that goes through, it is going to drastically impact the look of the WWE, the people that are on the rosters, the people who are in high positions. Mm-hmm. It's going to do, have ramifications either instantly or, or down the road or over time. Yeah. And the, the, and, and the fact that Vince is back in the fold, mm-hmm. that's discouraging enough as it is because everyone, once he was gone, it seemed like 
it was everything was on the up and up. You got Triple H where he needs to be. Uh, the fans are happy. The wrestlers are happy. I started watching WWE for the first time in like. These are seven, eight years now, I want to say. Seven, eight years. I think I stopped watching WWE. And the last thing I said was like, I will not watch WWE until Vince leaves or he dies. Right. And he left. And I'm like, well, Triple H is in control finally. I'm, right. I'm going to go back. And you know what? It's been good product. It hasn't felt like this fucking like dumb, overly. I mean, they're 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 wrestling entertainment. They're going to be a little bit different than AEW. And that's fine. Listen, believe it or not, people, you can enjoy both without hating one or the other. I know that's that's hard for wrestling fans who are very toxic <laughs> as well, like Star Wars fans these days. You can enjoy both. I enjoy both. Um, so I've been watching Raw and everything like that. I, I'm a big Kevin Owens guy, and he's been getting huge push. So I love seeing KO in the in the forefront. I've really been enjoying it. If 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 this sale is true, dear, oh, if it's man. true, I'm not watching anymore. Are you kidding me? Fuck that. Fuck that. I will end done again. Damn. And I don't think I'm the only one. I would think that. I think just based off some of what we know about the wrestlers, I think there will be people that walk out, break contracts. And I don't think I'd be the only fans because from what I was seeing, a lot of negative people out there were not impressed. Even hardcore like WWE fans were like, what the fuck? Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, Jay McKenzie says the wrestlers should start their own league. The, v, uh, the <laughs> FV, FVF. Yeah, yeah. Fuck Vince Federation. Yeah, we'll see. Ford says he was about he was, but he owns 81 percent of the, the voting shares. He can literally operate within w, WWE like it's completely his and no one can stop yep. him. Which is that. There you go. And uh, Trick says, he, how wasn't he canceled? Just goes to show, if you have the cash, you can do anything. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, maybe because he jumped himself out of the limelight because it's not like, I mean, I, who knows? Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I don't even know what's going on with that litigation. Maybe he settled out of court. I don't know how he's back on it unless he just left to be able to so they could focus on the, you know, because I think it was an internal thing that was going on. I don't know all the logistics of how he was able to come back besides him having money and owning shares. But right. Like, the, the, he needs to fucking lay down and go to rest or something i don't know undertaker should have put him in a coffin something i don't fucking know yeah it's unfortunate because whether or not you know he shows his cards and exactly how much he's trying to get control of or if he just sits back and watches and lets triple h do his thing i mean that remains to be seen but it's no it doesn't surprise me whatsoever i don't know much about vince other than what i've learned over the years from you guys and from watching news articles uh but when the guy shows back up and immediately a story like this breaks I mean, it's just it's it's too hard. It's too much to believe that's just a coincidence, uh, well, you know. Yeah. Uh, Forge says Twitter can't prevent him from running the company. He voluntarily stepped down. Well, I mean, like I said, man, this is this is crazy. It's crazy that he's back, and uh, you know, I, <clears throat> I think the money sh- the, mo- the, uh, the money would say that he's he's gonna try to get involved and start taking control and, and fucking shit up again. And I think you know, at the end of the day, like somebody said, I think uh, Forge even said it too. Um, last thing I'll just comment on it is that. Uh, you know, he, um, he bad Vince looks at bad press as good press, good press. Like, yeah. I mean, think of the things he did with Bob Costas that one, you know, one time he said he was going to, you know, basically smack him or something. I don't know. I don't yeah. remember what he said. He was trying to fight Bob Costas. You know, this is not the first time he's been in these crazy situations after the Montreal screw job, turns himself into a character. Like it's, it, it comes down to more than money. It comes down to hubris and he literally can't handle the fact that he wouldn't have been involved in like the you know the the Super Bowl of wrestling uh, coming up, which is, it sucks because like you know uh, um, I was excited to watch it for the first time in a long time to hear the Rumble and go through the road to the WrestleMania. I was going to be involved for the first time in a while, and 
you know, I just don't know if I, you know, in, if I can allow myself to do that at this point. And it, it, set aside from the Saudi Arabia sale, like yeah. if that's true or not, like just having him involved in any shape or form. And um, I got to imagine if he does get involved in creative, I'm not going to be the only one that says that. Cause I know a lot of people that started watching again once Triple H took over. I mean, the the 20 of us or however many are probably still going to do anything because kids and people are going to watch it regardless. But. And I mean, do you think, you know, with as much as everyone was excited when he finally stepped down and he was away from it all and, and it seemed like we were done with this guy, you know, and everyone gets their hopes, everyone gets mm-hmm. excited, and now this shit happens. I mean, <laughs> other than him dying, are you going to be able to buy into it anytime he does step away again or if he is stepping down again or if he, he removes himself? I mean, is, is he going to be one of those things where you're just like, great, can't wait for six months and he's going to be yeah, back. Right, yeah, he's going to become a yeah, reoccurring bit. Right. You right. know, at, at what point is he officially going to be out of the picture other than when he dies? Yeah, uh, who knows? And yeah. I just, I feel like that would make me a little uneasy. I wouldn't want to like buy into it every year once he yeah. does sit down and like get my hopes up and then have him return again and be like, Jesus Christ, here right. we go again. And because like that's the way I was looking at it, like, hey, it's exciting. Sweet Triple H is going to be finally have the full reins for Rumble through Mania. And then not only was it like, okay, Vince is back, great. Now, oh, great. Now he's down to the fucking to the Saudi Arabia. Oh, great. That also means that we won't get Triple H ever as being able to run full, right. you know? So, yeah. and, and, and whether or not that's paused for a couple more years or not, who fucking knows? But we may never see Triple H ever now be able to have the Rumble if he's really trying to sell the Rumble to Mania, unless whoever buys it says, we'll keep Triple H on. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Forces. Vince is a sorcerer. He's in his mid seventies, nearly, isn't he now? Like, yeah, I, yeah like whatever. he'll probably outlive us all. Fucking, you know? fucking. When you sell your soul, yep, you get to stick around for yeah. a while. Yeah. All right, Tone. Let's move on to our next topic. Now, look, the last four weeks has been pretty intense. Build up to in here. the B and B community. Yeah, the Discord specifically. We've had some heated conversations in the Discord. Yep. We've had heated conversations right here on the show. Right. Because the tricky or the Cuddles and Tricky Classic, the best TV show of 2022, came down to Stranger Things season four. Yes, in Andor. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's he's like, Cuddles is already he's already writing Tricky out of it. He's writing Tricky out of it. <laughs> he doesn't want Tricky. Tricky doesn't get to have his name on the classic anymore. These guys are gonna have to have a Cuddles Wrestling Federation match soon. They're gonna have to just get. They're, they're just gonna have to cuddle. Mm-hmm. Was going to come down to open mouth kiss, but dude, so here we are. The votes are in, everything is done, everything is accounted for. As much true cuddles, as much as I loved Andor, my love and my passion and my praise is not enough to overtake Stranger Things season four. Stranger Things number nine, Stranger Things. Defeats number six Andor eleven votes to five. It was intense for a while. It was pretty close. Yeah, that's like fifty percent more too. In the last day, some of you uh, sandbaggers decided to uh, get your votes in for Stranger Things and put it away. People who voted for Andor show show should be banished. Uh oh, I'm out. This was tough. Um, honestly, like, I mean, we all know I'm a big Star Wars guy, and I'm a big fan of Andor. Um, it was really incredible. There's great writing here, but the only main thing for me that made it so that I did vote for Stranger Things four for this season was again, I go back to summer when we had to split a few months between watching them. Yep. And everybody that you know was watching them and it was a lot of conversation, a lot of camaraderie, people going, This is crazy. 
what's going to happen. This Vecna's crazy. We're all excited because of the D&D tie-ins, the music, uh, and not that fucking running up the hill shit that I can't fucking stand. Um, <laughs> you know, the characters, who's going to get pieced out, yeah. who's going to be, you know, the martyr or whatever. But then you get to that last, you know, when, when you have a main character that gets pieced out and everybody's just like, look, it was almost like it's rarely in those moments in media where it, almost like the entire world just kind of go, oh, clutches some pearls and goes, oh, shit. And that, right. I think that's the difference for me because it was an emotional attachment to, I mean, I watched it with my kid, you know what I mean? Like even too, like, you know, it, a lot of things going on, I think that really made it for me that um, while the writing and the characters might not be as strong as Andor just because the writing's so good in Andor mm-hmm. and what they're doing with that. But it was the emotional investment that not only I felt, but everybody else, you know, was was uh, uh, feeling too. Yeah. Uh, you know, I, thank you so much, uh, Forge, for those cheers. We appreciate you. Um, you know, the thing is, man, like, I, I agree with you. I mean, obviously, season four had a lot of emotion to it. In my opinion, I still feel like season three was a bit a harder hitting emotional impact just because the ending of that season was just really fucking tough man. it was a really hard finish because i thought you know we had lost hopper i was just mm-hmm. like and and, and, the, and the monologue of him reading the letter to mm-hmm. 11 was just so impactful and i thought i thought season three was a fucking awesome i love billy in season i thought just a really good mm-hmm. all-around story arc there season four had some great emotional moments mm-hmm. had some great character moments but like i feel like in terms of like emotional like just impact Season three had the edge there, mm. and I took that into consideration after I heard you talk about it. I mean, I need to look at this from all perspectives. Mm. And, man, just Andor was just a fresh mm. take on a Star Wars story. It built, mm. upon, it built on what made uh, <coughs> excuse me, Rogue One such an impressive Star Wars movie because it was able to deviate from what the usual formula was yeah. for a Star oh, Wars yeah. movie. Yeah, yeah. And for them to really build on that and dive even deeper into it, and see a lot of that gritty nature of it. That's what just made it stand out more because it was just I got a I got a taste of it with Rogue One, mm-hmm. but then we got a nice big yeah. helping over twelve yeah. episodes. And you got to imagine like who threw the dice up in the air and what timeline is this in where I'm not voting Star Wars? I mean that's it's wild. I mean, very I mean, honestly, it's tough, man. It's it's tough. But that you know and, and, and you know what Stranger Things season three from the things you said maybe honestly a little bit you know more tighter when it comes to the story because like you said the cliffhanger and hop. Yeah. Which they ruined in the first trailer for season. Unbelievable, man! I will you know, never understand uh, for why sure. They and did and that. like I know, like one of the criticisms from the season, season four, was like there was a lot of storylines going around. I didn't mind that. I actually didn't. I felt like they did. A, they were doing a good job of focusing on those storylines when they had them and why they're doing. Because it was like a, it was like a convergence. Like I said, I explained it back then. It was like it reminded me of a D and D party, and all of a sudden we're on a quest, but we need two or three different things. We got to split up and go different ways. That's what it was like because it's very D and D esque. Sure. Um. But it was it was the character Eddie. It was the it was the Hellfire Club. It was what everything that it did for nostalgia and a lot of people and just that that emotional attachment. I just felt just had that little extra. So Cuddle says me and dude were on the same page the last couple months, but since this bracket, he's become a real big piece of shit. <laughs> right, right. Hey yeah. man, I'm just always gonna be real with y'all. And if y'all don't agree, that's cool. That's why we do the brackets. And th- and seriously, again. Big shout out to Cuddles and Tricky. Yeah, thanks guys. For putting a lot together of work. Another bracket that was fucking tough as hell. I know a lot of some of the shows didn't fall the way everyone thought they would. And I know you know uh, tr- even Tricky was very passionate about his Wednesday vote, yeah. and Cuddles was very passionate about the stuff he loves. But man, seeing all of that and not everyone just going chalk with all the picks and just going oh this is one everyone agreeing, having that 
battle, having those debates and having that intensity mm-hmm. is why this is so fun to me. Yeah, we're still streamlining things, still trying to figure out to make it so more people can be a part of it. But, man, it is just uh, – it's fun. I love mm-hmm. it. I love the conversations. I love the passion involved. Uh, Trick says, that's okay, dude. I'm out of the circle. Trust me, You're still in my circle, homie. Cuddle says, I'm still sad about Peacemaker. It was not easy. And the thing is, man, Cuddles will tell you, he, he, he comes in with fire and brimstone about defending stuff. But, man, he'll tell you f- before anybody, this is fucking – this is a tough bracket. It's a tough bracket. It was a really, really mm-hmm. tough bracket. Mm-hmm. And with so many different tastes and types of shows and, mm-hmm. and what people like to watch, it's really difficult sometimes. And it, it, it was really, really intense. <laughs> oh, man, Cuddles is going after Trick. I'm going to let them do their thing. Hey, Brittany. Brittany says, hi, guys. Hey. Said, Hi. How's it going? Welcome. Uh, and now that they've already made up. Love you, homie. See, see how quick they make up. Cuddles and Trick, they're just always locking horns. But, no, man, this was a lot of fun. Uh, again, it was really cool to be able to do this over the Christmas break. The Discord was especially very vocal. People were talking. People were chirping. People, friendships were destroyed. You know, and new, and new, and new uh, alliances were made. But that's why I fucking love doing these brackets, man. Yeah. And I know these guys are working on their next one. Oh, Forge, thank you so much. We appreciate that. Thank you so that much, was, man. Uh, was that Forge? Yeah, Forge gifted it to him. Oh, or nice. to her. So nice. Thank you. Forge's awesome. a big old sweetheart. Nice. Uh, but, yeah, it was just um, it was fun, man. And I, and I know these guys are already putting their heads together. They're already starting to work on the next bracket. And I'm sure in the next month or two we'll start uh, finalizing that, make sure we can streamline things, get things so more people can be involved. And uh, I'm sure it'll just be as intense as this last one. Yeah, and uh, we'll start trying to, you know, I, I definitely, we're, we're kicking around different ideas, um, you know, what we can get into. I think there's a couple that might be trickier, no pun intended, but, um, you know, hopefully do them soon. So uh, we'll definitely start maybe expanding on them again, too. I know we do meme debates, too. Those are fun to do. So, um, but these brackets are definitely a good time. So maybe we can expand a little bit, kind of create and see what we come up with. We'll, we'll, it'll always be like an, e- like an, e- uh, like an evolving uh, segment we're gonna do so we gotta do a meme debate soon i almost i almost wanted to do that one that we threw up uh calls threw up with the team a b and c i know should have put that in here tonight dummy i wouldn't mind see more live voting i do like the live voting i thought that was really cool yeah, having us go back and forth talking we'll about it up next week and talk about it do the meme debate yeah uh, I, shit we'll put something I'm, together i'm down with that we'll do yeah. another meme debate next week that'll be a good, that was a good one man maybe we'll organize the teams a little bit better yeah I think so. Move the stuff around because I think he made you know cuddles and trick. They make you got all you guys. I think we gotta get points. the kid movies out of there. I really do. I I would be I wouldn't be opposed to that. That's or I mean opinion. I mean I actually you know what I wouldn't mind keeping. It. I think we have to balance them out a little bit more. Maybe I think because some of them are gonna be big movies. And I feel like the argument of people are gonna have to go see that shit. Hey, that's a good idea, Jay McKenzie. Should we should live? That is a. If we were going to do live ups. <laughs> that is a one hundred percent USDA choice. Jay McKenzie fucking comment we right there. We should live vote if yeah, we are going yeah. to do live voting. Yeah, yeah. Man. Yeah, yeah. this is the guy who had the brainchild one time that, uh, hey, if we want to really keep the uh, uh, electric, like, green energy going, maybe what we should do is just put a fan in front of a fan in front of a fan in front of a fan. <laughs> so, yeah. Not a bad idea. Right, yeah, yeah. Give, yeah, please let him know that. So, there you go. Jesus Christ. Man, we got the smartest community, man. Prime time. <laughs> yeah, we got some prime time, Jay McKenzie. We got the smartest community. <laughs> All right, moving on to our next topic. God damn it. Tone? Yes. We went and saw God damn man. right oh, we he's did. Got the, he's got the poll oh, up. Oh, the poll is up. There you Should go. Should we do live voting, yes or no? 
<laughs> fan in front of a window. Yeah. Oh, yeah. shit. I got to get in the boat. Hang on. Back. Oh, yeah. But, uh, Tom, what did we go yeah. see last week? We saw Megan, and we were well, Megan, Megan, or whatever she was saying. Uh, we saw Megan last week. Um, another, uh, a24 joint, right? Yeah. Uh, no, Blumhouse. Excuse me, Blumhouse. Uh, Blumhouse, yep. Blumhouse, which I, I here's my thing. Like we we know we're pretty big fans around here about A24. I think Blumhouse is another one of the ones that sometimes needs to be in that conversation. Absolutely. They do a lot of great things as well too. Like it's nice seeing a couple of these studios out there doing things that aren't per the norm and not a big AAA studio taking chances, writing different stories. I'm I'm definitely really here for it. So, um, very excited. No. Very, very, very excited to finally go sit down and see this movie because we had previewed this, gosh, months ago, I feel like. And, um, you know, it's it's kind of one of those things where you'd said right out the bat, like, this is going to go one or either two ways. Really. One or two ways, up. man. So, um, you know, were they going to lean into the dark comedy and play play that uh, kind of role? Uh, be like kind of those old school Chuckies? Or is it going to be like new school Chucky and be way over serious? Yeah, and I think uh, we both kind of agree where it kind of fell. So, um, I you know, you want me to start? You want to start? Yeah, I'm going to let you go first, you, you, you Take the lead. Yeah, so uh, th- the movie had a lot of great uh, – um, I felt like it didn't – one of your complaints, to back up a little bit, with um, the uh, the Dave Harbour movie we just watched. God, name it. Give me the name. Dave oh, Harbour, uh, yeah. Violent Night. Was that it was it – was, it, it was too much of an homage. Like, it was just – it was being – it was trying to almost copy. Yes. Whereas I felt like there were elements of other things in this that it was taking from, but it wasn't in your face. It wasn't – it was just, like, showing homages to stuff, uh, like even Terminator vibes. I oh, yeah. Which things – and from other different things, different slashers and stuff like that as well, too. Um, I wanted this to be uh, really, honestly, what it was, and it, and it did, but I wanted more, I think uh, – violence and i know we were sitting there and we, you me and prime were sitting there and uh somebody said about pg-13 I'm like wait what yeah, yeah, I, I, like, yeah. I, I thought it was rated r yeah. so i was already like fuck because i have a thing about like horror oh, movies yeah. especially oh, yeah. stuff like if it's pg-13 that means we're pulling punches and that's 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 frustrating for me okay but i'm still i'm still game going into it uh right out the get we are greeted with this amazing commercial <laughs> bit. Yeah. that alone for me <laughs> was worth my admission yeah. That commercial bit they did at the beginning was fucking brilliant. Yeah. Uh, and I knew as soon as we got through some of that, I'm like, okay, this definitely is going to lean into some of that comedy, that dark comedy yeah. or whatever. Uh, but the thing about that as well, too, is like the dark comedy was like, it was threaded in pretty well. Like it did, it wasn't over the face. It wasn't like, like, like what you would expect some of the Chucky stuff. It yeah. wasn't over, it was just like, you get these comments, you get these things that would happen. To see characters, you know, twisted corporate America, shit like that. Yeah, I mean, which it was, was it was it was it was showcasing like <laughs> how we have become attached to our devices. Yeah. There's a lesson to be learned there. There were some kind of lessons in a couple different things in here in this as well too, like even parenting in some ways. Yeah, there was well some too. major parenting, right? Uh, and, yeah, and, yeah. and I felt like overall, as I come out of that, I really enjoyed all the humor. I enjoyed the characters. I was invested the entire time. We had some pretty good laughs. Yeah. We had some guys like, oh, we. Ha ha ha! We know what they're doing there, you know. Um, but overall, like even the characters and and the things that they were doing and the just the story, I felt was 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 good. Like I enjoyed it. I I had a lot of fun in this movie. Like, listen, we could have went and saw this, and it could have been so bad. We could be sitting here talking about and and screaming about like you know you were about violent night, yeah. you know, and things of that nature. But we're not because it was enjoyable. I know I'm gonna leave the one thing that we fully agree on. And I think that you're, you'll you'll talk about as well too, um, uh, as far as the rating on that. Because mm-hmm. 
for me, that was the only thing holding it back. Yeah. You know, that was it. Like, I, don't I do have to, some good news to report on that. Yeah, which is which is really exciting. Yeah. And and like I don't go into these movies. I'm not l- always looking for huge character development. All these this great story. Like it's nice if there's some things in there. And there was actually some pretty smart written stuff in here. Truth mm-hmm. be told. Yeah. Um. But the only thing was that it, it just pulled some punches. I wanted more. Yeah. First of all, like Tone said, this is a very entertaining movie. It's it is entertaining. It was fun to sit through. I had a good time with it. There's a one or two jump scares, but it usually doesn't even involve Megan. It's just some other stuff going on around you. Uh, but the satire, the dark humor, and even though it's PG-13, I feel like it pushed that line. Like, it really it pushed it. It really struck. did. It alluded to some it very really did deaths. Like, what, it, there's specifically one early on where somebody dies, and, like, there's you see... You, know, <laughs> you see... And we just started laughing. You understand that it's probably pretty fucking terrible on the yeah. other side of what happened. So, oh, live votes won. 90% of people said, yes, we want more live votes. Well, there hey, there go. we go. Good live job, votes. Jay McKenzie. Uh, but Thanks all in all, Megan is, a, she, it, Megan is a very charismatic doll. Like, like Chucky is it's, 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 it's funny and, and dark, but, whatever, mm-hmm. but she has more nuance to her performance. Yeah. And, like, even though she has, like, this a- animatronic voice, She's still got a little bit of sass, a little bit of attitude. Mm-hmm. And I really liked that about it. She has a killer personality, no pun intended. And most importantly, I think she compliments Chucky perfectly because Chucky is really more demented and deranged and fucked up, whereas Megan is a little bit more methodical and very kind of like sarcastic. So, I mean, it's a nice compliment. It doesn't feel like a ripoff. It feels like. This could grow into its own franchise. The learning AI. The learning AI. It's a little bit different. Chucky's possessed. Megan is AI that adapts to what's going on around her, and I dig that part of it. Now, yes, I agree. The PG-13 rating keeps it from being great because, dude, again, alluding to the gory outcomes that we know is happening to some of these victims, and there is a huge, and I say missed opportunity, but was it, uh, to showcase just how villainous Megan could be. Now, look, James Wan was a producer of this, and I know last year's Malignant was hit or miss with a lot of the community and a lot of people in general. Uh, but there's a scene at the end of Malignant where Gabriel wipes out an entire police station. She kills everybody. There's probably like 30 deaths. And there is a moment in this movie where you're thinking, oh, shit, Megan's unleashed. She's going to kill everybody in this building. And it never happens. And I remember when she, there's a scene where she's leaving the building, I was just like. Yeah, I think I was rubbing my hands. Like, I oh, was. Dude, because she gets in the elevator, I'm just like, oh, shit. Yeah, yeah. She's going to fuck everybody up. But it never happens. I was just like, yeah. man, that, this is the first time in this movie where the PG-13 rating was just like, okay, now it's starting to hold it back a little bit. Mm-hmm. So I was kind of bummed about that. But just this week, Akila Cooper, the writer of the story, had these comments, and this is very telling and very, very encouraging. Quote, no shade to Universal, love them, and I understand that once the trailer went viral, teenagers got involved, and you want them to be able to see it. There should be an unrated version at some point. I heard it's on the books. But yes, it is way gorier. Her body count in the script was higher than in the movie. It wasn't Gabriel-scale massacre. But she did kill a bunch more people, including a couple of characters whom producer James Wan was like, I like what you did with those people, but I want them to live. I know the ones. I was merciless, but again, that is me. My humor is extremely 
right. dark. So now look, when the movie, the trailer came out, I don't know if you saw all the memes and all the TikTok, people were doing the dance. Everybody's hype. Everyone loved it. And once they realized, like, oh, shit, we got a huge audience here, I can tell you right now. And another quote that they say is, uh, a lot of the movie's gore had to be edited out of the original R version rating to bring it on to PG-13. They shot the footage. They have the gore on film. What was the f- main thing you said when we're driving on the way home? The only thing, man. Like, there was just, there was so much stuff that they alluded to that I was like, I want to see what happened. You said people. you wanted an unrated director's unrated cut. Unrated director's cut. Yep. Now we know they shot an R-rated version. He basically all says it. But they had to edit it out because once this, once the show, once the, once the, the marketing went viral and people started picking up on it and doing all the stuff on TikTok mm-hmm. and all the teenagers got involved, they were like, shit, man. And now keep in mind also, this is a, a kind of a niche genre. Killer dolls can be really hit or miss. Yeah. And now this movie only cost $12 million to make. So it's not like a huge risk. Uh, how much did it make? Already made $45 million yeah, worldwide. Yeah, it's already saying. a hit. It's, it's already a hit. But even then, it still had this thing not gone viral. That They could have lost their ass on this. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, look, we'll make it PG-13. We'll get a bunch of people out there, which they succeeded. $45 million its first week and worldwide. It's going to make a lot more money over the next couple of weeks. But then when it goes digital, they have all that footage. Like, oh, we got all these kills. Unrated oh, I will, cut, I will baby. be buying that, and we can stream I'll it to the Discord. I'll buy that. I won't even think about stream it, Stream to the Discord. The marketing was great, but so was Smile, and that was a dumpster fire. I mean, you and I will disagree on that. I didn't think Smile was that yeah, bad, I liked that but the marketing was really good. But even the marketing <laughs> yeah. and Smile pales in comparison to the how viral that this yeah, Megan stuff yeah, went, yeah, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. The Megan stuff went massive on TikTok. <laughs> there were so many people doing that dance. Yeah. And I was just like, dude, that's, that's crazy. Uh-oh. That's crazy. They're about to fight. Who's fighting? Uh, looks like Brittany and Cuddles are starting it up. Oh, they're putting the gloves on. Oh, uh, she Now, she did not like. She was. She was said it was. Eh. I don't know if you can scroll down. I want to see. What yeah, she. she said. I, I know. I, she uh, said. I think, believe she said. And eh. now, I. The question I would have for you, Brittany, with at this point now, knowing. Yeah, she said that she felt so, the PG first. Yeah. Okay. Yep. And I believe I. You had said recently that you would rewatch this. You kind of want to rewatch this, I think, even without the R-rated, but. That maybe that will help, right? Like I, I don't know. Like, oh, dude, I feel like, dude, they release an unedited cut, an unrated version, with the story that we already like, and you're giving me the fucking gore, Perhaps. and I can see these fucking people get pieced out, right, in horrific fashion. Yeah, and there's a, a huge scene apparently that a lot of people got killed. There's a huge body count in the original script. There's a lot of stuff they shot that they didn't put in this movie. It's right there. It's all, dude. They're not going to not do that. They'll make more, even more money. If this thing is making forty-five million its first weekend on a PG thirteen rating, on a twelve million dollar budget, and it's still sitting at like eighty percent, not on the critical side, but the audience side, yeah, man, people love the movie in general. And if you give the diehard gore fans what they want, oh, I'm gore porn all day. This thing is going to make a ton of money on digital and Blu-ray. I'm the only person that masturbates watching uh, Saw. You know, it, I actually feel like they did this perfectly. Because there was just, in my opinion, I feel like there was enough. I mean, like I said, it gives you enough to be like, ooh, man, that, that was probably fucking terrible death. Yeah. Especially that first kill when you see the road. You're just like, oh, okay, that's terrible. And even the second, the lady, uh, there's a couple. You're just like, man, I bet you that's probably really gruesome. And now we're going to finally get that. I feel like uh, if it was entertaining without the gore, 
and you give me an unrated cut, I'm, dude, this I'm, thing's going to shoot up the stratosphere, dude. This is this is a good way to start the new year with a movie like this. I really do. I think it is. I think it's a really good start because, man, before it came out, you and I talked about it. It has to do this one way. Yeah. It has to do it one way. It has to be self-aware. It's got to be – it's got to have dark humor. And it delivered all that. And, and dude, like I like I said, I didn't think Smile was the best movie. I thought it was entertaining. I think Megan is better than Smile, but difference of opinion. That's fine. But I feel like if I were to sit there and watch an unrated version of this, I it would probably blow Smile yeah, away. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, can Blumhouse even make a movie without gore carrying it? I, I I like look. I know somebody mentioned earlier that Blumhouse is hit or miss. I do think Cuddles is right because Blumhouse is a part of the the Halloween movies, and those have been really hit or miss. Mm-hmm. And they do, but I do. The thing that I like about Blumhouse is a lot of their misses are missing because they're unique. Well, they're taking chances. They're taking chances. They're not. It's not going to resonate with what everybody. you expect them to do. They're yeah. not making your yeah. typical horror films. Some of them, some of them are elevated horror. Some right. of them are more cerebral. Some of them right. are. And some of them are just different types of horror, whereas it might be scary or unsettling for one person. And for me, I'm just like, oh, my God, where the fuck is this going? Yeah. See, I, I really enjoyed Smile. Um, I really enjoyed this. I, I, right now, at the top of my head, I couldn't tell you what which one I like better, I suppose. Um, but if this... Smile was more creepy than, than this, but I feel like this was just more entertaining overall. Right, right. And if you add extra gore into this, it's going to be hard for me to not say, well, if I had to choose one or the other, I'll take this. Brittany, uh, I would say Blumhouse is like... Just beneath A24. Yeah. I, I think I, A24's I got more hits than Mrs. by right, far. Right, right. I definitely agree with that. I think A24 is on kind of like this own level. And honestly, if you want my opinion, I think A24 is on a level that even Hollywood can't even You look at A24, you think of like, uh, you, you think of uh, Hereditary and Midsummer and X Movie and Pearl yeah. and all that stuff. I mean, they, they, they have some really fucking great thought-provoking, like mm-hmm. really wild horror films that are that are a huge they reach. Barbarian? Who did Barbarian? Uh, I want to say that. Oh, I think maybe that was R J E. That might have been. Was that old, was that was that Blumhouse? That might have been. That might have been. Ooh, that might be Blumhouse. Now that you mention it. Did anybody see who uh, was involved with uh, Barbarian out there? If you guys get a chance, please. Let Either know. way, I mean, Either, don't, just, don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah, not crash a Blumhouse. I just yeah, feel no, like no. A twenty four is a little bit more consistent. Yeah, yeah, with their yeah, output. Yeah, you know, but they've I, had more hits than misses. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's what we said at the beginning of the segment. Is that like you know A twenty four is in the Blumhouses. These are these are smaller groups that are doing things like I said, like some of these movies I'm enjoying more than than triple A Hollywood. Movies, yeah. Truth be told, yeah. because of the chances, because yep. of some of the unique storytelling. So, you know, I'm 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 here for I'm here for these kind of smaller studios doing what they're doing and trying to make a niche, because I don't think, you know, we're the only ones that are out there saying we want something different. We're ready for more yeah. because we, in a time like, listen, we love the Marvel movies, but like how a lot of movies are packaged this day, like a lot of these things you're getting are just easy to swallow content, even the Marvel films to some degree. Mm-hmm. But, you know, now you're getting these other kind of things that A24 is throwing at you. Well, we'll talk about some more here in a second. Yeah. But, you know what I mean? Things things in that nature, you know, because some of us like a, 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 a variety of things. Yeah, absolutely. I like it when studios take chances. Now, that doesn't mean I like every studio that takes a chance. Yeah, there's some duds that come out. You're just yeah. like, oh, that's really just... I didn't see where that was going. Right. <laughs> you know, it's just like whatever. It's a miss, but I appreciate them taking a chance and not just doing a carbon copy of that. And I, and I understand not every movie is going to be fucking awesome. Well, yeah, not in any of these movies because they are different. Some people just 
I think I think it resonates with people differently. Right, and and I don't I don't think all these types of movies that these guys are doing are gonna be for a lot of people realistically right. no. as well too. I think sometimes you also have to be a really sick fuck, and I'm a sick fuck. So. Man, I feel like if we got Britney and Cuddles on a call on Discord, call in battle, maybe we should still oh, get something like that in the yeah, future. That would be fucking a call in debate. Jesus. That would be fucking like like we would have one like a mute cuddles first and let Britney talk. Oh, they're both sassy. And then when Britney's done, they're both boom, sassy. mute and let cuddles on. Oh, they're let them fire shots back towards, and then we'll score them. Like you know, oh he makes a good point. Cuddles, like, oh Britney makes an even better point. Right. Two points for her. I just oh man, I mean, there's, there's that they're they're both sassy. That would be fucking uh, that you know maybe that's you maybe know, that maybe what's we'll to plan something. That would be kind of fucking yeah, hot. I would yeah. actually be really excited about yeah, something like that's that. That's a good idea. I like that. I, I mean, that's that's why I'm sexy. I got the, the, brain, up, the brains at the brawn, baby. Cold sores. Cold oh, sores. And the squeaky voice. <laughs> but I uh, know. Let us know your thoughts on Megan. If you go check it out, let us know your thoughts. If you're waiting for the unrated version, can't say I blame you. I have a feeling though the unrated version is going to be fucking out of your minds crazy, dude. And because we'll have if to it's James Wan, if he's doing the malignant thing mm-hmm. with that level of violence and gore, Oh, man. Shit. Cannot wait. You know what would have me made this movie better? If they gave Megan CGI dead eyes. I don't know if he's doing a bit. Oh, he's doing a bit. Oh, okay. He's doing a bit. Okay. Not gonna, uh, he almost got me. It's so easy to get me on bits. No. I fucking suck, dude. It's true. I fucking suck. All right. Guys and gals, it's time for trailers. Ooh. And we got three doozies. Three doozies. Now, this first one dropped last week. God damn it. We talked about it a couple months back when we first heard about the movie. We were just like, is is really playing? Really? He's doing this type of movie? Let's check out the trailer for Renfield. So hype. Sorry to interrupt. Are you okay? I need to get out of a toxic relationship. Why don't you start by telling us what brought you here? My boss, he's different. You can't get him out of your head. No. I need your assistance. I'm coming, Master! Oh, you feel like he could destroy you with the snap of his fingers? Wouldn't even need to snap. Okay. Uh Uh-huh, that sounds familiar. Yeah, what? Renfield. Innocent victims. I want a handful of nuns, a busload of cheerleaders. And I just want a normal life again. But this modern world is a dangerous place. No, 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 no. Thank you. You saved my life. Did I watch you cut a guy's arms off with a decorative serving platter? It's in the wrist. Let me explain. My boss gave me this power. In return, I tend to his needs, including care, feeding. You bring him people to eat? You're like the guy that gets the villain's postmates. But if you were to stop focusing on his needs, what would happen? He won't grow to full power. Exactly. He won't grow to full power. What? That's so weird. Why would you phrase it like that? But yes. Hi. Are you here for the meeting? Well, come on. No! No! Some call me the Dark One. Others 
the Lord of Death. To most, I am Balakula. Okay, obviously we're dealing with a little bit more than just narcissism here. Now, let's eat. A week before we go check out Evil Dead Rise, we're going to be going to check out Renfield, baby. Yeah. The one true God is back. (laughs) Another big mainstream media movie. What are your thoughts on motherfucking Renfield? I'm ready to get a tattoo. Are you fucking kidding me? I'm so hype right now. (laughs) I am so fucking hype right now. And, you know, I know... He's mentioned before, right? That yes. This is one of his. He's had when he first got into acting, there were three roles mm-hmm. that he's always wanted to play: Superman, oh, Superman. almost, almost, Captain Nemo, which I'd love to see him play Captain Nemo. At some point, someone's got to get Nick Cage a fucking Captain Nemo role. I love Twenty Thousand Leagues and fucking Dracula. Fucking Dracula. He was a huge fan right, of the Christopher Lee Dracula. He was a huge fan of the Christopher Lee Dracula. And he even looks like him a little bit. Arguably, to a lot of people, the best Dracula. Oh, yeah. But, Tone, this fucking trailer, dude. This trailer is fucking awesome. Now, look, uh, when we first saw it, I didn't see the Red Band trailer. You know, I saw the, the regular trailer, and I was still hot. I was like, this looks cool. And then we see the Red Band trailer, I was like, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, look, this is uh, no, lo- listed as a comedy slash fantasy slash horror. So it's gonna be. It's. I feel like this is one of those movies that's kind of risky. Yeah, tongue and cheek. Okay, a lot of tongue and cheek. Some self aware, but I also feel like, man, looking at him, he looks creepy as fuck. Okay, so he's really leaning into it. He's bringing it. I feel like you, and I know this is a fucking reach. Okay, I I know this is a reach, but I feel like, man, just this trailer alone. This is the type of movie. Where he could get some hardware for his performance. I really do feel like that. Just because I feel like, you know, watch this movie, there's a lot of comedy in the trailer. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of violence in the trailer. And if there's one eerie thing about it, it's him. And I could see this being the type of movie when it does finally lean into the horror elements, he's mm-hmm. going to be the reason for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like everything's going to be funny and violent. Everyone's going to have a good time because the, the funny part will be the self aware part. But he's playing fucking Draco, and this is the role he's always wanted to play. Right. I can't see him going in full comedy because he's always wanted to play Dracula, and Dracula is the Lord of Death. Mm-hmm. I could see him being very creepy and playing it to perfection. I don't talk, I'm not talking Oscars because Golden Globes does comedy and drama. Mm-hmm. I could see this being a Golden Globe type of performance. Oh, well, I'm already ready for it. I, I, I mean, come on. It's the fucking master of the cinematic paradigm. The one true God. The one true God. Cage Rage himself. And I mean, dude, I thought it was a dope trailer. Oh, I think yeah. Nicholas Holt is up and coming. I think Nicholas Holt is a great actor. And we're actually going to watch this movie this week in the menu. He's in the menu. Well, he was, uh, what did they call him? Beast. In- an X-Men? Uh, no. He was Beast in X-Men. He was the big yellow. He was uh, the blue guy, the blue furry guy. That Oh, in the newer, new class yeah. ones. He, yeah. Wasn't that, he was wait, that wasn't Kelsey Grammer? That was Kelsey Grammer in three or two, or I think it was three. X-Men 3. I didn't know that. But, yeah. no, I'm talking about... Um, uh, ben Schwartz is in it. Yeah, um, the guy that uh, voiced um, Sonic. Uh, where is my... Furiosa. Oh, Furiosa. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the, the guy, pup. The, what do they call him? A pup. 
Yeah, he was yeah. the war dog or something. Yeah, like the that. war dog to a kid. Yeah, 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 yeah. He yep. was great in that for what role he yeah, had in that. He was too. really good. He didn't have a lot to work with, and I thought he always. You I know, think so Nicholas, I think Nicholas Holt is a is is, is yeah, up and coming yeah, star. Yeah, absolutely, a huge star. Absolutely. So we got some. He was in Warm Bodies. Yep, he was in Warm Bodies. He was the zombie that the girl falls oh, in yeah, love yeah, with. Yeah, that's right. That's yep. right. Uh, I think this guy is, is is really really a really good actor. And so you got a good you got Aquafina who is hilarious, mm-hmm. and then obviously somebody just mentioned I forgot to mention Ben Schwartz, the voice of Sonic. He's in it. So you've got a very able cast for the laughs. Yeah. And the action looks like it's there. It's going to be a violent movie. Mm-hmm. But to have that horror element, I feel like this is a role he's always wanted to play. And Dracula can be a terrifying character. We can see him leaning into that, too. I'm fucking hungry. Which I think would be a really cool compliment to the point. If you have a very seriously deranged Dracula. Right. Complimenting the human that's going on around it. Well, he's playing this, comp, you know, pseudo comedic, eccentric, what, whatever. You know, like honestly, like if you're gonna bring in a lot of different elements, like have Dracula have a lot of different palettes. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's not like we've got you know Gary Oldman here playing Dracula. <laughs> right, 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 right. You know what I mean? We're a whole different thing. You want somebody like yeah the one true god to do this because who you has want the range? You can, can take the chances. Right, pull all the strings at the same time. Yep. Like absolutely. He, who else is going to be able to pull this shit off? Well, I don't I who else? No one. I tell you man, like I, I, I when I heard about this movie being made, I was I was optimistic. Now I've seen the trailer, I'm ready. Yeah. Absolutely ready. I mean, this comes out in April. We know Evil <laughs> Evil uh Evil Dead Rise comes out in April a week before this. We know a movie later on in the in the, in the trailers we're going to watch comes out in April. April is looking like a stacked what fucking a, month. What an guys. interesting month to have all these movies. Very interesting. They're qu- well, they get these out before the summer box office it's juggernauts. True. So it's true. Jack the Giant Slayer. Oh damn, he stated in an interview recently that the, since this the movie is about Nick Holt, he doesn't he he doesn't have much. Normally, he does not take movies where some where he's not like the main screen presence. Nick Holt is is the main character in this movie. He's Renfield. And normally Nick Cage is 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 reluctant to take roles where right. he is not the central figure. But because it was his opportunity to play Dracula yeah. in a supporting role, you fucking better believe he's going all in, dude. That's why I'm excited for it because he is not the star. But supporting actors, they they usually leave, they they have to do some pretty special shit in those supporting roles. So I, I'm excited for this dude. Even if it's a supporting role. If he shows up, chews up every scene as Dracula, he will. I'm there, dude. He will. I'm there. So uh, there's a quote from Nick Cage. Well, I had a lot of help. Uh, there were a ton of super talented people on that movie that helped design the look. We wanted it to be more homage, more Christopher yep. Lee. He looks like him. I favored Christopher Lee as Dracula, and I liked his kind of 60s hairdo, but the wardrobe, the costume, and no, I didn't come up with the idea for the rings. That all came out of wardrobe. They came in with all that. Maybe they sent something to me, <laughs> like, but that was really their contribution. So, I mean... And look, that guy loves. He'll give credit where, where credit is due. So, uh, I'm excited for this man. I think this looks fucking awesome. Yeah. We want to get you guys and girls thoughts. If you dig this, if you're excited for this, let us know in the comments. If you're not, hey, you know what? You're missing out because this is gonna be fucking amazing. All right, Tom. The next trailer. Now, before we run this, I've seen a lot of people talk to. This is a very spoilery trailer, or trailer. At least people think it's spoilery. You never know these Marvel trailers. You gotta keep in mind they yanked the rug from out under you a lot. Five out of five, uh, five point five out of ten. That's like fucking Oscar for yeah, him, man. Yeah, it is. That's like the hot. Wow. I mean, that's even higher than four wow. out of ten or three out of ten. Five out, five point five out of ten. Ricky Gervais about to jump out right now and that's give me an award. Four hundred million worldwide. Thank you, Ricky. Best actor, best picture, best director. So, 
I, I can't wait. Now I'm even more excited. Five out of five, five point five out of ten. Mm-hmm. Let's go. I'll be there. I'll fucking see it twice. Uh, but now this next trailer, we're gonna check out the next trailer for Ant Man and Wasp, Quantumania. Again, a lot of spo- uh, supposedly people are, are worried that this is a very spoiler trailer, but like we all know, they do reveal a lot. But they we, reveal but a lot, again, but you never know. I just, I'm, I'm excited. I'm actually more excited about Jonathan Majors than I am anything oh, about yeah. this movie. Very honestly, yeah, I'm more, that's that's honestly my draw. Absolutely, ten out of ten for mm-hmm. Ant Man means he's gonna hate it. I understand his system now. Right. Well, he actually loves Ant Man though. Oh, does he? Oh, that's true. He's a big fan think. of the series. Ten out of ten. Okay. All Which right, means right. he's not gonna right. like the movie though. Yeah. Oh, he'll hate the movie. Yeah, hate Let's check it out. You're an interesting man, Scott Lang. You're an Avenger. You have a daughter. But you've lost a lot of time, like me. We can help each other with that. Who are you? I'm the man who can give you the one thing you want. What's that? Time. rewrite existence and shatter timelines you cannot trust him i don't care who this guy is i just lost so much he can give us a second chance this easy for you you will bring me what i need or everything you call a life will end That's a lot of good stuff going on. Like a Modoc, dude. Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff going on there. I am like we we, we praise Jonathan Majors a lot around big here. Big fans, um, Jonathan. He's Majors. got a big year ahead of him right now too. Creed two um, the, or Creed three. Yep, this. Yep. Yep. So uh, I think there's something else too he's attached to as well. Uh, the aviation one, or was that last? That year? was last. That came on December. Okay. He got a lot of praise for that. Yeah. So, um. He's 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 the future and uh, no pun intended, I guess. But uh, <laughs> no, this looks this looks incredible. And listen, is it Patton Oswalt? Um, what? A lot of people really want Patton Oswalt as the voice. for oh, That's funny. No, I don't know who for sure. Um, I thought it was the guy that played the yellow jacket from the first movie. Uh, yeah, Darren Cross. Oh, yep, the Darren yep, Cross. Yep, okay. Because remember, he got. Oh, remember. yeah, that's right. That's right. All right. So, continue. But anyways, no, Um, you know, I listen. I'm not going to sit here and we're not going to talk about all this Marvel shit and all the face stuff. We've done that so much times. But, 
you know, all of the things that's been setting up from this last phase, not all of them, but a lot of it have been to get to this next point, you know, to introduce people to the multiverse and why that's important through Doctor Strange and why that's big through Loki and, you know, what that looks like on a, on a street level with Spider-Man to get to this point because this is the true now starting point of where the phase is going to go. This is, we've we've laid down the foundation, even though people were having a hard time realizing that the foundation was slowly getting bricked down. This is now we're starting to put the walls up. This is where we're going. This is where we're going forward. This is, you know, this is more connectivity between the movies. This is going to get us to the Kang dynasty to the, to, you know, in the next couple of years when we get through those phases, this, this stuff's going to be threaded out through, you know, a lot of the next movies coming out too. So, and, and probably some of the things that will happen into this, you know, like you light the fuse, you, you get halfway through it, a couple things might spark, you know, and then we, we got it. It's time for us to get some explosions going on, and this is going to be the one. So, yeah, I thought it was a sweet shot. Again, I'm excited for Jonathan Majors. I, mean, I just think he's an incredible talent. For him to take on the role of Kang is going to be fucking sweet. He looks incredible. Dude, yeah. The, the gear, the get up, everything he's wearing in the final shot, you're just like, dude, that's pretty fucking accurate. Uh, obviously, we saw Modoc in the trailer. Um, the one thing that, you know, I'm going to go back to what Trick said. He said, this looks like it's, it's kind of a darker movie. Mm-hmm. I actually saw a little bit, and I'm not, I'm not making a comparison, to, uh, Cuddles, don't worry, but a little bit of Doctor Strange with just how wild this, this, this couple this people be. had said something like that. But I mean, again, you're in the quantum realm, so like, yeah, it's, it's very be. cosmic, yeah. I suppose. So it's going to look like that. I mean, but I, I mean, mean, yeah, the story will probably be a lot different than what we saw that, but I just some similarities between yeah. what we're seeing on screen. So, um, I just think, yeah, I think it was a dope trailer. Again, I hope it doesn't reveal too much, but I'm just placing a bet that Marvel they probably doctored the shit out of this thing, and uh, I'm not too concerned about going in and not knowing what's or or knowing too much mm-hmm. uh, based on the trailer because they they do take a lot of pride at keeping things close to the chest and and, and just giving you enough to be like, oh fuck. That looks awesome. I hope I didn't see too much. Then when you go in, you're like, oh, my God. I mean, I think about fucking Doctor Strange. I didn't expect fucking Professor Xavier to get fucking pieced out with everyone else. You know, it was just like, oh, I did not see that coming. I knew right. like a minute. But Jesus, I didn't expect that. Way so, um, no, don't pass your uh, question for everyone. What if this movie is how Deadpool and others come in? With Kang time abilities, we get a comic book style reboot that jumps back to Thanos being beaten sooner than five years. I mean, uh, I've seen a couple things kind of mention something similar like that. I Deadpool right now, if anybody's been paying attention to the cast that's getting involved in that, they're bringing in a lot of people from the Fox X-Men movies. Yeah. So I almost wonder if if Deadpool is going to end up being a parody of the current MCU. And like, because of the doors that's been opened because of this, because of Dr. Strange, and, and yeah, because I've seen some time travel involved with Deadpool as well, too. I wonder if he's going to be a little bit more self-contained and he's going to make a parody of these things. And that's mm-hmm. how it's going to work. I don't know. And it, it, I mean, yes, it could be because of all this stuff. I'm sure it'll be somehow uh, uh, intertwined through these as well, too, to make what Deadpool is going to be doing as well, too. But keep in mind, in the last Deadpool, he had a time machine. He was jumping around and technically kind of and, and not, not just time jumping. He was he was multiversal jumping because, remember, he also killed technically the uh the green lantern so uh you know he's already kind of had the ability pre-coming into the mcu so it'll be interesting to see how that will line up yeah deadpool is going to be nutty that's what we want from it so uh how it how it works because of this uh, you know hey 
whatever. I'm sure they've got a great plan for it. I'm excited. Crash says, I honestly think the end of Secret Wars is going to reboot parts of the MCU. I think that's the whole goal. I think that's why we're still building the Young Avengers and different things like that. Because, you know, eventually, you know, like just like in the comics when Secret Wars hit, it was kind of like a soft reboot, a reset, and go for some of these characters. I'm sure that, you know, with the um, with all that going on, the incursions and everything, I would imagine it's going to be kind of like a soft reboot. I dig it. Uh, Carl says, did you see they were trying to get way more stuff out before that comes out? What What do you um, What do you mean, Cuddles? Yeah, are you talking like your people? Are you talking about Deadpool? Your like trying pants? to get stuff out before Deadpool? Are you talking like a Crunchwrap from for breakfast? Secret Wars. Trying to get more stuff out before Secret yeah, Wars. Yeah, I'd imagine. Yeah, they want to get it out and then decide what they want to keep in. Whatever. DP3 is about to have Deadpool and Wolverine getting picked up by the TVA. I really hope they intertwine something like that. I really fucking That is one of the up. things I, that I, I don't know who said it, but like I really want Loki and TVA to be involved in that movie somehow. I just I just I have this thing about seeing Tom Hiddleston and Ryan going back and forth. Like I don't know, I just feel like there could be some fun <laughs> dynamic there. Oh yeah, for sure. Uh but no, dope trailer. Again, I we're probably going to have to get in touch with Coy's Comics here shortly to uh those tickets got to be, I mean, if it's what, it's January. Oh, shit, I better hit them up soon. I wonder if we're getting, uh, yeah, do we know? Those Toys, tickets uh, got to be tickets, uh, yeah. going on sale here pretty soon because usually they do about a month in advance. So. Yeah, Crash, that was breaking uh, the last couple of days, too. Adam Driver's been approached by MCU, and um, I said he could be a good Doom, and then he could also be a good Reed Richards as well, too. What, whatever, Adam, listen, Adam Driver can play whoever the fuck he wants. Yeah, he can really do anything he want with Adam Driver. Whatever. Owen Wilson would be great with Hugh Jackman and Ryan Reynolds. I do think he would have that dry sense of humor that would go well with, like, Ryan's over-the-topness. And even Hugh has kind of, like, a dry sense of humor. But uh, I think they could all do really, really well. Uh, do we know is Cable supposed to be in three? I think Josh Brolin has been signed up, too. I don't. I want to say he was one of the ones I saw, too. I could be wrong in that, but I'm pretty sure Josh Brolin might be involved. Because you know the Thanos jokes be thick on that. Oh, well, too. absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I hope he's involved. And then I, I saw something about the time jump. I think Jada Pinkett, not Jada Pinkett, uh, excuse me, uh, Halle Berry, but she'll be reprising as her character from Swordfish, which is really weird. I don't think <laughs> <that> is. <laughs> Swordfish, man. Can we get John Travolta in there as well? Because Hugh Jackman was in Swordfish, yeah, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean, get yeah. the whole cast back yeah. together. That was a that was not a great movie, but I was a big fan at the time. Johnny T, man, that was. Uh, I feel like was that just after. That was not long after. That was like 2002-ish. Was that right after, um, what's the one with John Travolta and Forrest Whitaker? It's like one of the worst movies ever. The space one. Oh, that would, no, that was more like mid-90s for that. Was that mid-90s for Battle that? Battle Earth, yeah. Battlefield Earth? Battle I thought that was like 2000. Oh, I don't man. think so, no. I feel like that I've was like during that. that I feel like that, you've never seen Battlefield I've Earth? I've never seen that Dude, movie. please. No. Please watch Battlefield Earth, dude. It's a good, Barry Pepper's incredible in that movie. Incredible. Nobody, nobody said nobody nobody tells people to watch that movie, so <laughs> I want Loki to pop up and D B three and just look at cable like what the fuck? Dude. <laughs> I swear I thought I saw Josh Rowland was signed on for that. I don't know if you guys want to check that, but I, I thought he may be on. I hope he is, man. Well, uh, well, uh, who knows? Like, hey man, I'm a Josh yeah, I know, fan. I know. Big fan. Yeah, huge fan. All right. We gotta check out our last trailer. This comes from A twenty four. Woo woo. Don't watch that movie. Come on, Battlefield Earth, it's a good time. Get a six pack, a bunch of friends. Make fun of, like, Josh Mould killing his career and wondering how Forrest Whitaker still has a career. If anyone survived, if anyone has shown any resilience. It's his eye. It's fucking Forrest Whitaker surviving he that died. and still having a career and going on to win awards for performance. He didn't have the eye issue until after that movie. Jeez, leave him alone, man. Dude, I loved fan. him in fucking Street Kings with Gap What about, Graves. what about, uh, um... 
fuck, uh, Samurai Dog, what is it? Or fucking, god damn it, what's that Samurai movie? Last Samurai? No. Um, Ghost Dog. Ghost. What about Ghost Dog? Yeah, man. Ghost Dog, for sure. You never even know. You don't know what I'm talking about. I don't want to. Battlefield Earth was a Scientology propaganda movie. Join us. <laughs> Get a long alien tongue on your donger. Yeah, there you go, man. I mean, it's like, hey, I know Tom Cruise was a huge fan of, uh, of Battlefield Earth. All right, Tom. So our last trailer comes from A24. Yes. And it's the next movie from Ari Aster. Now, look, I understand that a lot of people like Midsummer or Hereditary. I think they're some of the best horror movies that have come out in the last 20 years. I'm a huge fan of Ari Aster, and knowing that he's teaming up with, with Joaquin Phoenix, I was like, man. As soon as I see Joaquin see. everywhere, I'm like, let's see what these guys can do. Let's check out the trailer for Bo is Afraid. I am so sorry for what your daddy passed down to you. But I wanted a child, the greatest gift of my life. I'm visiting my mother tomorrow. Hi, Carrot. It's Mom. I'm just calling to say that I'm so, so, so excited to see you tomorrow. You're my angel, and I love you. Okay. I love you. Okay, bye, sweetie. I love you. Are you at the airport? I'm on my way. I just... It's not safe, is it? What do you think I should do? I'm sure you'll do the right thing, sweetheart. Welcome back. I hit you with my car. What? I know. What? What is this? That's my little assistant health monitor. Feeling sad about going home, Bo? Must feel totally unreal. I'm supposed to be leaving. I don't know if that's going to happen. You will walk many miles. Dozens will become hundreds. Hundreds will become thousands. Your adventures will continue for years and years. I just need to get home. I know. want the truth now. Now look, obviously uh, Hereditary and Midsummer were very cerebral, very dark horror films. Mm-hmm. You know, they touched on a lot of like very That's true heady themes true they touched on some very tough subjects true you know now this does not look like midsummer or hereditary mm-hmm. but yeah dude boom i think i'll block on that wes anderson on crack because like this this does feel like the natural evolution of where area hereditary was very dark 
That's a depressing fucking movie. Mm-hmm. If you're the type of person that wants to go in and see a begin, middle, a conflict, and a resolution that's so positive and beaming, Hereditary is gonna fuck. You're gonna fucking hate it. Mm-hmm. That movie had a D minus cinema score. When people were leaving theaters, like this movie fucking sucks because it was such a depressing movie. I got him. Dude, thriller movie finds big fish. I, I, I was going to make a comment about big cover, fish as well, it too. It does cover it's the funny. lifetime of this entrepreneur, yeah. of, of his character. So it covers a lifetime of events. And, like, when I look at, like, Hereditary, and then you look at Midsummer, which I love how Ari Aster called it the ultimate breakup movie, which it was. It's fucked up in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And it's dark, and it touches, on, again, on trauma and, and, and things of that nature. But ultimately, it is the ultimate breakup movie. So I trust him with that. And I watched Midsummer, and I liked it. But I'm a Florence Pugh guy. So I'm just like, dude, she's amazing I in this movie. love Midsummer. But, dude, again, Midsummer is a very dark twist. Ari Aster movies have already proven early on they are not for everybody. They're, they're not as straightforward as you think. They're not as clear-cut as you expect from a movie. And this is more list. This isn't even listed as a horror movie, even though he describes it as a zonky nightmare comedy. I love it. When you say that, I'm just like, okay, now you piqued my interest. Yeah, because there will be eerie visuals. There'll be some weird, eerie shit going on, but it's gonna lean a little bit into the comedy side. Maybe it's dark humor. Maybe it's more direct humor. Who knows? But all I know is the talent involved. Obviously, Ari Aster is directing it. They got Joaquin Phoenix, Parker Posey, Amy Ryan, Richard Kind, Nathan Lane, who I think is an underrated actor. I love Nathan Lane. And Michael Gandolfini. Yep. Finally getting another role. Getting outside of that Soprano shit. This trailer is great. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. It leaves a lot to be like, what's it going to be about? Mm-hmm. It does a really good job at like just saying, here's what we got in it. It's mm-hmm. going to be trippy as fuck. And that's all you need to know. And if you're an Ari Aster fan, you'd be like, you know what? I'm going in, dude. I'm going in hot. The talent's there. I know the director is capable. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean it's going to be hit? No, I have no idea. It might not work, but it might. It might. I'm excited for it. Uh, Brittany says, I think this movie is going to make my anxiety go through the roof. I agree. My anxiety was through the roof through his first two movies. Hereditary and Mr. My anxiety was high through those. I was just like, man, this is a really kind of intense movie. Because you don't know what's going to happen You next. don't know what's going to fucking happen next. And that's what I get from this. It's, he calls it a nightmare comedy. So there is going to be some humor, but there's going to be some fucking eerie shit in this movie. And, again, with the talent involved, I'm excited for this. Dude. I, I'm a huge Joaquin Phoenix guy. I love him. I love Nathan Lane. I think Parker Posey is underrated. This is a great cast, great director. And, again, the trailer is appealing enough, but it doesn't give anything away. Oh, and somebody said Big Fish. That's the first thing I thought of, too. Dude, I love uh, I love major big fish. big fish vibes. Love that movie. Major big fish love vibes. But it's probably going to be, like you said, a much darker, yeah. more thought provoking big fish. Yeah. And I'm, dude, I'm on board for I'm that definitely shit, dude. on board for it. And I guess what, Tone? April. Oh, I also guess what? what? Joaquin Phoenix. Three huge movies to look forward to in April already. Three huge fucking movies. Cannot wait. We want to get your thoughts. It's a very mysterious trailer in a way because you really don't know how to read this. It just looks crazy. It looks trippy. You got a killer cast, and you got a capable director. I, it could be something completely different. Four point five, Oscar worthy. Golden Globes. That's man, another seal. We've had three seal of approvals. That's amazing tonight from Cuddles. Unbelievable. Passionate. All right, Tone. That's it for the trailers. We gotta get to some gaming news.
All right. So the other day, uh, Jez Corden from Windows Central leaked out that there was uh, plans for a Xbox showcase event for this month. We're into the new year. We haven't heard shit from anybody. Sony's been quiet for a whole fucking year. We have we've a couple state of place, haven't had a showcase. Xbox had a couple of events, haven't had a big showcase. Mm-hmm. Here we are. A developer's direct is what they're calling it. And what we do know is it's going to be an intimate look at some of their first party offerings in 2023. Short. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Give me a little bit deeper dive. We're going to see a lot of gameplay and some other announcements, probably some Game Pass stuff. Uh, but we do know this folk. Th- this showcase is going to focus on Arcane's delayed Redfall. Uh, we're going to see uh, Turn Ten Studios' latest Forza Motorsport, uh, Mojang's action strategy spin-up, which I completely forgot about. The Minecraft Legends. It's kind of a PvP game, but I don't know much about it. I forgot all about when they announced that, that shit. Was fun for that and then uh, some new content from Zenimax Online Studios, which is uh, uh, Elder Scrolls Online. And we do know, and, and they came out and uh, announced that they have some big stuff coming to Elder Scrolls Online That's, shortly after this announcement. I don't. I mean, you know, for all intents and purposes, I know that there's people still out there enjoy it and love it. It's a, it's a solid, generic, I don't know, MMO. Like people enjoy it. Like that's great. I, more content is great. I agree, Cuddles. Uh, my favorite is, is criminally underrated. Yeah, that was a good time. That's a good that grind. For, man. That's uh, a good. My, my kids still play that game. because uh, I figure out how to got. A switch and the Xbox work together, so they'll fucking go into dungeons cool. and shit. Yeah, they that is a really, really, really yep. good game. Very underrated, really underrated game. Uh, but obviously, the the one name that the one game that is not listed on this is oh, is Starfield. Oh, everybody wants, to and everyone's like, oh my god, no Starfield! What the fuck? As soon as they announced it, Bethesda came out and said, we're doing our own event for Starfield, which makes sense. I mean, look, Redfall. I think from Arcane, I love Arcane, but Redfall is not Starfield. True. Uh, uh, you know, Forza Motorsport, I'm not a fucking racing guy, but I know Mo- Forza Motorsport isn't fucking. Because right. those two games won't have as much bugs as the Bethesda game. <laughs> You're right. You're right. <laughs> and even Mo Yang's uh, Minecraft Legends is not even on the same level as Minecraft. They're, they're way different. They're right. different games. They're not Starfield. Right. And Starfield is much like uh, uh, when Nintendo does a direct for one game. When they do their direct for Legend of Zelda. Mm-hmm. When, when, when Sony's going to do as a direct for something like Last of Us, mm-hmm. they're going to do their own event yeah, for Starfield. Makes sense. Which makes sense. That's because Starfield is a massive fucking game. And they're going to want to have a huge event that is focused on all aspects of that game. Because a lot of people still want to know what the fuck am I doing in Starfield? Is it Fallout in space? Is it, is it Fallout meets fucking Elder No Man's Sky? Space. Yeah. Is it? Well, what is it? Because I had somebody recently said, isn't, isn't it basically like a RPG version of NMS? I'm like, I thought they said you can't transfer from ground to sky and planet travel wasn't going to be like No Man's Sky. Right. You remember that? Yep. That's not going to be like that, right? Because I had to set that straight. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I don't. Nobody listen. knows. Yeah, that, exactly. And Which that's, is why they need their fine. own event. We, I mean, I know, and that's fine. And people, you know, we, we don't need to know everything. I know the hype's out there and people are excited about it, but. You know, I'll wait till it comes out and the bugs are patched after a month and check it out. But, you know. A month? That's generous. Yeah, for, for, <laughs> for Bethesda. Christ, I can go play Skyrim right now and I'm still running into bugs. Cool. Any other streamers <laughs> out there doing that too still? Streamers out there playing Skyrim? I I, I think so. Cool. Uh, Justin, hey, you're, you're here, Panda. Hey, Panda. Thanks for joining us, buddy. 
But uh, no, I'm excited for this event. I do want to see more of Redfall because I am seriously a huge Arcane guy. I love Dishonored. Mm-hmm. I love Arcane's games. Yeah. And for them to like, and, and especially you know Deadloop. Uh, um, Deadloop. Deadloop. Yeah. Deathloop. Deathloop. Yeah. Deadpool. I, I need to fire that fucking. Get them all. <laughs> Deathloop. Uh, but yeah, but even yeah, more yeah. so Dishonored. And for them to go with like an open world co-op experience i'm really excited to see where they go with this mm-hmm. they have a unique art design too which i really like Dude, they have such a cool art it style. is it's very cool i mean and they're, they're i feel like their controls are really tight as well too they are they're really like, good they're uh, really yeah. good and the way that they come up with different abilities they kind of remind yeah. me a little bit of like insomniac because mm-hmm. insomniac always has crazy guns crazy abilities in their games yeah. you look at like ratchet and clank you look at resistance they have like crazy weapons so that's going to translate well mm-hmm. to like you know that's what arcane does and for them to do something like this in Redfall, what we saw in the trailer, makes a lot of sense. So it's going to be a lot of fun to right. play. I just want to see more of what the story is going to entail and what more my friends and I can do when we go in and play the game. Uh, it seems like Redfall is, in fact, set in the Dishonored universe. That's fucking interesting. I would, you know, because isn't, is Deathloop in the Arcane universe, like in that Dishonored universe, just a different Man, time frame? It, I don't, I, and maybe Blanco can answer this. You know, when I played Deathloop, it had a very similar art style, but I don't remember any kind of, re- it is? Any, okay, he says, See, that's yeah. what I thought. So I, because that's kind of what I thought they're building. Like Everything's this, like this, this massive universe. This kind of, like, yeah, which I think is really cool. And like, listen, I don't like a lot of first person games typically. I just feel like I don't, they're just not always for me. Some I'm hit or miss with them, right? But right. I feel like Arcane does it well though yeah where i feel like when you're talking about the weird weapons and stuff not everybody can pull that shit off either so right uh, d- uh dishonored is late 1800s death loop is the 60s 70s red falls now arcane studios has official con- officially confirmed that death loop takes place in the future of the universe first built that's fucking cool and i believe that, that because i, that, I respect that i feel like the art style in that is a lot more similar than what we've seen in Redfall. Because, but, yeah. but then again Redfall or uh, yeah Redfall takes place mm-hmm. multiple years ahead of it so that's why maybe it looks that, a little bit more modern. That's fucking, I respect that. So, no, I'm I'm really curious to see more about Redfall. I think that's probably the game that I'm most excited about. I'm not a racer guy, so Forza Motorsport is just like the same as every other Forza Motorsport. Not interested. Cool. I'm curious about Mo Yang's uh, action strategy, Minecraft Legends. I'm not really a PvP guy. I think Minecraft Dungeons is more appealing uh, because that's cooperative. It's dungeon crawling, so I think that's cool. I don't have any time for Zenimax Online's uh, ESO. I, I've played a little bit of it. I think it's cool. And maybe if I didn't play anything else, and I had a lot of free time, I would get into an MMO. But, you know, I think this is cool. I'm excited to see more about Redfall. And because it's more of an intimate look at these four games, plus whatever they announce for Game Pass, I'm sure they'll announce. Uh, there's rumors that Ubisoft Plus is finally going to get announced for Game Pass. Uh, there was rumors of that early last year. So I'm sure that's probably an announcement they're going to do. Uh, speaking of Ubisoft, oops, rough times at Ubisoft right now. Uh, today they had their financial report, not looking good at Ubisoft. It was so bad to the point where they, uh, they admit that, uh, uh, Mario and Rabbit Sparks of Hope and Just Dance were terrible. They sold poorly. That's not good. Uh, despite the excited, uh, the, the great ratings and, uh, the marketing that they put behind it, it didn't do well. Uh, Ubisoft chief executive, Eves Guillemet. Everyone loves Eves. He's always trying to fight off those guys that are trying to buy up all the shares. It's true. Uh, He had this to say, we are facing contrasted market dynamics as the industry continues to shift towards mega brands and everlasting live games in the context of worsening economic conditions affecting customer spending. Or maybe we're oversaturated our own live service games and no one gives a shit. Or maybe Mario and Rabbids, while it's fun and people enjoy it, 
people don't understand what they're buying. That's like I always go back to parents at GameStop were always returning it, thinking it was a Mario, Mario game. game. Yep. You know, hey, great concept. Maybe doing that just wasn't. Maybe we shouldn't put all our fucking eggs in that basket. Or guess what? Just dances. People can do different things on their phones anymore. That shit doesn't matter anymore, man. Mm. Cut the losses on that shit. Here's an idea. Why don't you dig into your fucking treasure trove of games that people have been wanting for fucking years and do a goddamn new Splinter Cell? How about you try that? See what goes on from there. Or maybe instead of trying to swallow the cock of fucking live service games all the time, you fucking put out a single player game or get something else out there because guess what? Who's playing Division now? Good question. <laughs> all 20 of you. You're keeping it going. You guys can't. You got to do something different. You started for at one point, what, about four or five years ago, they stopped doing Assassin's Creed annually yep. so they could stop being oversaturated and yep. keep their sales going. How long did that last? Hey, remember that one cycle? Remember that awesome Battle Royale game they put out last summer that nobody, that nobody fucking cared about and they already fucking discontinued and dead? Oh, yeah, that's right. I don't remember the name of it. I just right. remember I was yeah, like, wow, that thing died something fast. Or something or gives yeah, a fucking, shit yeah who gives is. a shit? This is a, <laughs> the reason this rubs me so wrong is because there are some titles under them that i fucking love oh they have a ton dude, dude uh, the tom clancy shit ghost dude, recon Rainbow they're, Six, they're enough splinter cell they're enough and what happened we had wildlands that was good then they added live service to the, to the Breaking next one breakpoint and guess what happened everybody played it for a couple months got sick of the bullshit had to play with people had to have these weird, random like upgrades paywall this paywall that Fuck all I love look that. look man I love a good open world cooperative game and even a live service. Give me fucking Ghost Recon Future Soldier two and I'll be happy. Give me Wildlands again for fuck's sake, now, dude! I don't want that. Just give me fucking Ghost Ghost Recon Future Soldier and I'm happy. God damn! Like <laughs> I, I just I don't understand why it's like it, I, I, they can't see the forest for the trees. That's no. the that's the best analogy for them. And this is a group again. That, like, when the rise of the, the Xbox, and the, especially the 360 era, when the first Assassin's Creed came out in 2007, mm -hmm. this was everybody, myself included, being like, this is a developer and a publisher that's fucking coming out, and they're doing new shit. Let's go, right? right? And, and now look at them. First now they're, have, now they're, they were talking yeah. about NFTs for a little now, bit. Yeah, they now, they're, yeah now they're doing this shit. Yeah. You, 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 Assassin's Creed is, is basically Ubisoft's Kingdom Hearts. Just keep putting it out because everybody fucking wants to take it, but tell me how the fucking story is because you can't. Who the fucking knows? They, they they keep dancing around the fucking story of Assassin's Creed. Yeah. You know, is is it is it like was there a society beforehand? Is it is it the Matrix? We don't fucking know because we can't even fucking remember. It got so convoluted <laughs> after twelve fucking years. Just like Kingdom Hearts, you can't explain that shit. It's all buck. It's all about making a buck at this point. Yeah. So you know, no one's playing Division. No one's playing Breakpoint. Sit your asses down. And stop trying to make everything a live service. Figure game. it out. Yep. Stop the live like, look, service. Look, man, shit. We, uh, we've, we've established right now, dude, other than Destiny and, and maybe, you know, even Fortnite to a degree uh, and Warzone, it's hard to keep a fucking live service game alive. It surely is. For a long period of time. Yeah. And apparently, you know, they, they've just, Ubisoft, for whatever reason, just can't fucking figure out how to do a live service game. And if I remember correctly, I thought I remember them saying the next Splinter Cell is going to have live service elements. They were the first crew that started doing the, oh, your games are 60 and $70. Well, if you want the full game, pay $120 and get the gold version and get all three fucking season passes to come out over the next two years. And all here is some other paywalls you still can't get because even though you paid all that money, we still want fucking more money. Because their problem is, just like the great Rohit Raju said many years ago when this DLC started kicking off in 2010 with the Noble Pack for 
fucking Halo Reach was that this industry is going to eat itself from the inside out, and it's fucking doing it, and it's starting big with Ubisoft, and they were the first ones that just couldn't get enough fucking jerking off on everybody's faces. Give me your fucking money. Yeah. Give me your money. You know, Cuddle says, Graw 1 and 2, Rainbow Six Vegas were better than any COD. And they said, fuck it. I agree with 100%. They Absolutely. Said, Dude, and the thing is, man, the Cuddle's like, and, and I know you guys hate hearing about SOCOM, but SOCOM did the same thing. Rainbow Six Vegas was fucking incredible. Oh, yeah. Dude, Calypso Casino to this day is still one of the best multiplayer maps ever created. Dude, I fucking okay? love that game. But Rainbow Six Vegas, Graw, and all that shit, and SOCOM, they all very similar. They don't have the respawn and the health regen and all that shit. I mean, I, I don't know much about Graw 1 and 2. I played a little bit of 2. But, like, it was more tactical. It was slower paced. It didn't cater to the fucking twitchy crowd that watched the Twitch shooters. And, unfortunately, other than the fans that are really big into esports with, like, Rainbow Six Siege, there's not a lot of people that really want to sit there and fucking watch people play tactical shooters. Right. They want the fast-paced respawn shit. And, and and that's and, and that's what happened to SOCOM. When SOCOM four came out, Sony got uh, uh, all involved. They got. I mean, I, I'm not saying they don't completely hate it, uh, Cuddles. And I'm not. EFT is one of the biggest. I understand. Like, I'm not saying that. I'm just saying, like, for the most part, it doesn't compare to what you get from the Call of Duty crowd. There, and, and and there's no way you could argue that the, the Call of Duty crowd will always be what others. Other people want to sit there and make their games like because they want to sell a ton of fucking yeah, games. A, it, it, yeah, yeah. And when SOCOM 4 came out, Sony intervened with Zipper and said, make this shit like Call of Duty. Give us the respawn stuff. And they did that, and it died. And games like Graw and Rainbow Six Siege and, and, and SOCOM, they just don't work with that Call of Duty fucking formula. It's more tactical, and that doesn't appeal to people who just want to go on there and get a bunch of 100, 100 kills, get kill streaks, and all that shit. Yeah. That's more appealing. That's more accessible. Mm -hmm. And that's the only thing that makes it difficult for, for games like that. And when Ubisoft, Tom Clancy games are not meant to be fast paced Twitch shooters. Mm -hmm. the, Tom Clancy is tactical as fuck. Mm -hmm. So they got to be slower placed. And those just don't fucking generate. And when they move Graw, or, uh, Ghost Recon, and I know, I know, uh, what's the first one? Not Breaking Wildlands. Point. Wildlands. I know that was super popular. It was super popular. But it deviated a little bit what made Ghost Recon so popular. Before then, it was more of a tactical shooter. Yeah, well, it was also more PvP. It made this it, game, it still made it tactical, but you could play it solo. You could play it with a four-man crew. Right. And you were doing missions, and you were, you were still playing. You could do it like... You could do it tactical, or, or you knew you'll get in stealthing, or whatever you want to do, or you could go in guns blazing. But it was it was still enjoyable. But what happened with Breakpoint because they threw they took what made that game great, and then had to say we got to do a live service now because we want to see how much more money we how much yeah. residuals. While yeah. we were still playing Wildlands a couple years after it was active, you know, three months. Did no they even playing really support the PvP side of Wildlands? I don't think anybody fucking cared. And see, that's that's the fucking problem. Well, I mean, it's Ghost Recon was always PvP. That's where that main yeah, audience fair. was. Yeah, that's fair. And for and them to sit there and be like, well, you know, we can't quite be Call of Duty. Let's do what we do and make it open world and cooperative. And again, abandon what people always love sure. about Ghost Recon. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so let's say they, they split the hairs and they, they, they do both pieces of it. But what I'm saying is that Ghost Recon Wildlands was still so fun to play with friends sure. yeah. in a four person squad to play through and take out like all the contract, you know, all yeah. the. 
the cartel people, like, it didn't fucking matter. That's that's my point. Like, yeah. I didn't think, man, I, I would like to play PvP against people. I was like, man, Loop, get in this fucking helicopter and let's see if you can crash us into something because you, you're suck, you, Loop A sucks. And, and you know what? Maybe the other Why? part of it is, is, like, once they realize, like, look, we have a major hit in Rainbow Six Siege, we don't need another first-person or even third-person tactical multiplayer game because Rainbow Six Siege is just generating all this money for us with DLC and with microtransactions. I mean, Siege is still an absolute monster of a fucking game. Right, so focus on that. It's like, okay, look, what's our bread and butter outside of fucking Siege? Open world. Assassin's Creed. (laughs) Let's make Wildlands open world. How's For Honor doing? Man, you know what? It's still got a very popular niche audience. But, yeah, it, but, but it, there's like 12 people. Yeah, no, I mean, it's still got to... Same with Breakpoint. But, I mean, hey, look, if they're still supporting it, they support that more than they do Division. For Honor gets more support than Division or Breakpoint yeah, because crazy. there are more people playing that than than Ghost Recon because simply put, man... For Ghost Honor's a little Recon, bit easier to pick up and play, too. I mean, I mean, but no, just, no. You don't think so? No, For Honor is not pick up like and play. Just jump, jump in I think play. Mike would even tell you, For Honor is not pick up and play. That is, yeah. That has a very steep learning curve. I that is almost fair. like a very... That, in not gameplay side, not gameplay wise, but in terms of its sweatiness and how yeah, yeah, you're right. how nuanced the controls are, yeah. it's more similar in Rainbow Six Siege than it is anything else. Yeah, and they've been t- they've actually at least at one point we're having a hard time really balancing all those characters out too. So, but I think at, at some point they were just like, "Look, man, these people love how hard this game is to get good at it, mm-hmm. and they appreciate that." Yeah, I got the whole fighting mechanics are insane. It, it is a very deep fighting game. Like that's one yeah. of the reasons why I kind of bet you I was like, "Man." It will take. I would have to treat it like a live service game. Yeah. Play a ton of it to actually get good at it. It's a very, very difficult <clears> game. But uh, I told him, ready for some more good news. Uh, I y- yeah. Because of the shitty sales, Ubisoft announced they got to cut back costs by about two hundred million. And in the process, they've canceled three more games in addition to the four games they canceled last year. And there was July. really only one game they had that had been wanting to play. That's Skull and Bones. That's but guess right. what, Tone? It's been delayed for not the first, second, third, fourth, or even fifth time. It's the sixth time Skull and Bones has been delayed, pushed back to 2023 slash 2024. So you might as well just take that as 2024. Somewhere between January and March of 2024 is when we'll see Skull and Bones. Cool. Ubisoft and their stock is just plummeting. How now it makes me wonder, dude. Are they fallen? Now it makes me wonder, with the stock plummeting and them making all these cuts, are they preparing to be acquired? Poses a question. Wow. I mean, seriously, the stock, the prices are just plummeting, plummeting. They're canceling games, lowering their costs. Do they want to be acquired? Because that's what happens when they start when the stock prices plummet. They start making major cuts to their to their catalog and what they're working on. That's when these bigger other yeah. publishers snip in, like, oh, I smell blood in the water. We can get them for this much per share as opposed to this when they were at their peak. That's how acquisitions happen. It, and it, it's something that worked really close to Microsoft in the, when the original Xbox came out through 360. And it's, and it's because it's, you know, very Western-y. I could see that being good under their banner. But, gosh, the FCC says no. <laughs> so Skull and Bones keeps getting delayed because it's not going to be a naval combat game more anymore because everyone swore it was going to be like Sea of Thieves killer. Uh, I mean... I expected it to be more like a Sea of Thieves meets uh, Assassin's Creed Four. Yeah, which I which a lot of people speak very highly. I mean, I didn't play Four, but I know four, a lot of people yeah, love the and naval, I, I they love the naval combat more than they like the fucking game. I, I mean, hated four. a lot of that game. Yeah, 
That's wild. Yeah, well, the naval combat was great. And then but, in Odyssey it was, you know, awesome in that too. They but just so that. you know, they will be going forward, they're gonna focus more on the premium temple IPs, Assassin's Creed, Rainbow Six, Ghost Recon, even the division. They mentioned the division, which I think is hilarious. Oh. Far Cry, and then they got an Avatar game uh that that's brewing as well. So I mean that's one of the games that's still Cool, weird. I don't see Splinter Cell on there. Yeah, uh, I mean it better be because they announced that they are working on a Splinter Cell game. But what kind is it gonna be now? Is it gonna be fucking mobile? Well, it's definitely going to be a live service, dude. I hope not. I'll be so fucking mad, dude. Yeah. All right, Tone, moving on to the next subject. We're sticking with video games, kind of. We're at the video game TV hybrid. Mm-hmm. The Last of Us series premiere is this Sunday, 9 p.m. on HBO Max. Finally, a Sunday show to watch. Dude. 80 minutes for the first episode. Critical praise. That's universal high. critical acclaim. 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, mid-80s on, on, on Metacritic. By all accounts, this is one of the best video game apta- adaptations, if not the best video, video game adaptation we've ever, that, that they've ever seen. Well, hey, I mean, when you're doing TV shows, you can flesh that stuff out a lot better in a movie. Now, look, I know how we all feel about critics, and I agree with a lot of people who don't like critics. But when I go by... When I seriously, I, I went through critics and just waited to see. I played the game. Those are the reviews I read. Yeah. And when those people tell me they use actual fucking lines from the game in this movie, not all the time, but they talk about how they use a lot of the dialogue. So they are not deviating too much from the story. We're not going to see a Halo type of uh, experience here. Joel's not going to take his head <laughs> <laughs> but he's gonna take his gas. He's gonna take his gas mask off. Uh, yeah, apparently. Now look, one of the big things that uh, you know, that was announced this week. Um, now obviously in The Last of Us, the cordyceps uh, virus is transferred through the spores that people breathe in. It's like a fungal. It's like a fungal thing. You breathe it in, and obviously you turn into a fucking yeah, quicker you, or you, something you worse. Inhale some fucking spores, and you're in midsummer seeing stuff. Yeah, yeah, it gets bad. Cool. Uh, but they announced this week, and, and I do, you know, and I look. Going into this, I, I want this to maintain the storyline to a degree. Right. I understand certain caveats or certain liberties have to be taken and translated to the screen. To the media, yeah. I expect that. I don't expect this to be one-to-one. But one of the big changes that they made is that the cordyceps virus cannot be transferred or, 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 or transmuted or whatever it is to anybody through spores. Not airborne like it's that. It's not airborne like in the game. Correct. And at first, a lot of people were like, "Well, right, here we go, here we go, we're changing shit up." It's true. But seen a lot of that. The logic behind it, I can respect. And this comes from uh, Craig Mazin, the showrunner, along with Neil Druckmann. And I'm going to read a couple quotes here. Uh, the first one is: uh, "It was important for us to acknowledge that the audience is smarter about pandemics than they were five years ago." Okay. We don't want to pretend that they don't know things. In the game, you encounter spores, and you need to put a gas mask on. In the world that we're recreating in the show, if we put spores in the air, it would be pretty clear that they would spread around everywhere, and everyone would have to wear a mask at all times, and probably everybody would be completely infected by that point. And uh, and if you've not played the game, basically there are areas in the games where you walk into a building or a room, and there will be spores in the air. It's really fuzzy. You see, like, the particles and stuff like that. 
and you got to put the masks on. Now, what he's saying scientifically clearly is if you fucking sneezed or air come through there, it's going to spread all over in the air just like anything else and be like airborne. It wouldn't be self-contained in these small areas. And they're taking in the fact that, you know, now that COVID has come through and a lot of people were wearing masks, Yep. you know, with that mentality, if there's something like cordyceps going around that turns you into a fucking clicker or something worse, everyone's going to wear a mask fucking everywhere. Well, well not everybody. <laughs> I digress. But I'm just saying, like, people understand a little bit better about viruses and the Correct. effects they can have on people. So for them to make that change, and it's also pretty difficult to shoot a lot of scenes where Pedro Pascal and, and, and Ramsey are wearing a mask through a lot of scenes. It would yeah. be really, it'd be really hard to hear them make out what they're saying if they're wearing a gas like mask. Like the main character in Halo. Now, look, they could still implement gas masks in certain scenes if they wanted to respect that part of it. But, you know, like, look, there's a scene specifically in the trailer where they're in a, a, a looks like a library or whatever, and there's clickers walking around. It almost looks like there's spores in the air. But to convey that tension of, like, don't make a fucking move, it's hard to get that from an actor when they're wearing a fucking gas mask. Sure. Where you cha- make this little change, and the way that um, the spores are spread, it's through tendrils that become kind of like a network that is interconnected. Which is how fungus works. Which is how fungus works. And everyone's like, what the fuck are tendrils? Well... Thankfully, there is uh, some uh, some store, uh, artwork from the game that they never implemented into it, talking about how tendrils work. And basically, tendrils slither around the ground looking for hosts. And there's actually some dialogue uh, from the game. Uh, now, you said you might have heard it. I swear. I don't but... remember hearing it. Where um, the woman that's with Joel and Ellie at the beginning talks about tendrils being so hard when they grab a hold of you, they'll break your arm like on a whip. So I was like, oh, okay, that's deep. So that's kind of creepy. That shit looked creepy as well. I mean, look, head is wrapped in tendrils, is severed and dragged by spine. Oh, cool. Can't wait to see that on the fucking show. I hope so. So, like, it's really interesting. You know, like, and, and here's the other thing that they put out there that was uh, trying to, like, kind of quell the fears of people about how many changes. Uh, you know, for those that are concerned about the show straying too far from its source material, both Mazin and Druckmann have stressed that any changes have been carefully thought through before making their way into upcoming ad- adaptation. And Druckmann says, there are things that work in the game that would just not work in the show. And Mazin continued by saying, Neil would always say, we can change anything, but we need to talk about it. And if there's not a good reason, if we can't do it better, let's deliver what we have. Let's stick to what worked in the game. So that's good. That sounds good to me. If, if they could sit there and look at the story that Druckmann put together, and if Mazin's like, hey, man, let's try this. And if it makes sense to Druckmann, like, oh, yeah, it doesn't alter a lot of stuff, but it gives it a different take or a different perspective, let's go with it. Right, right. I think, you know, for somebody like me who's really protective of source you material. You are very edit, protective of it, as a lot of fans are. But I also understand that there's me- – the, the difference between me and fans is I also understand that there's media adaptations. And sure. some are like – this is important because this sounds very well thought out. This is something that they're not doing the the Robert Kirkman thing, going, well, well fucking, let's fuck with timeline. You know, right. for me, like I always say, the guy just wanted another zero at the check and said, do whatever you fucking want. Drag it out. Yep, I'll grab my ankles. Give me another zero. Right? <laughs> you know. Whereas these guys are saying, okay, listen, here's some science behind it. Here's our thought process. We want to talk about it. He says, like, we can change anything, but let's discuss. You know what I mean? Discuss it. And I think that's important. Like, and I don't know enough shows do that. And I again think that. 
the reason this has potential again to continue to see these numbers and why this could be good is because most of the things we've had when it comes to video game adaptations of a series like Halo that's been around for 20 some years um and that's not a great example because you know we won't all go there but like most of the most most of the things are movies yeah Two, two and a half hour movies. Like the first Resident Evil. And they bastardized it so the much. The only thing, the first Resident Evil that had anything to do with Resident Evil that had been already around for 10 some years was it was in a fucking mansion. That's that's it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and again, like things have to be adapted to make more sense for different mediums. I understand that. But when you're swaying so far from a product, don't call it that anymore. Then it's not Resident Evil anymore. Call it something else. Mm-hmm. Right? So it's nice to have something of a video game being adapted to like this with good people behind it. The creators, for one, HBO, doing a TV series. The guy who did can, Chernobyl, which is fucking can, incredible. Right, and we can draw it out and say, okay, let's talk about like this. Because my question is, and I'm not trying to be a smartass with this yeah. one, I do, the reason I bring up Halo is like, they said, you, you, we saw quotes of these guys saying, well, I never played the games, or I didn't really care, I want to do this. Like, this is the way you approach those things because if you want to keep everybody mostly on board, yep. there's going to be hardcore fans out there that are really hardline about source material. You're never going to please them. Right. They probably can't please their lovers, I'm sure. So, But what I'm saying for something like this between the two of them to, to sit down, have those conversations, you know, because, you, you again, you want to keep both casual and hardcore people involved as well. So you want to bring in as many people as you can. Make it make sense. Have that conversation. See, I think that's why it's important that they brought Neil Druckmann into this. Very. Like, look, man, we want we want to respect your material, but Neil Druckmann's smart enough to understand not all this is going to translate well. Plus, it was made in 2013. So, I mean, again, with the with the mm-hmm. the way things have changed due to COVID and the way people uh, perspective of how pandemics work and how mm-hmm. viruses spread, they had to take that into consideration, and then they have to. Have to th- Think about other things in terms of like bringing it to the screen mm-hmm. for uh, people who aren't fans of the video games who want to be able to understand what the characters are saying or what they're talking about, who are looking for more of a cinematic experience than right. a video game. Because at the end of the day, when you strip apart the fact this is a game that came out in 2013, this story, these characters, it's it's a story. It's it's yeah. an and it's a really well told one. Yeah. Just through just through the 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 the. the controller you, your, your hand is on you know so you know it, it's something that you sh- that if anything needs to be shared with other people that don't play video games because the story is really good the character is really good like you get you play you know 20 hours of a game like this you're pretty invested like yeah. you're you're into these characters i mean look at the passion that people had with the second one because of the way they they adapted things and yeah. we don't agree with those people because we really love story i just like to be, I and perspective storytelling chances, yeah you know, um, if you like Game of Thrones, have read the books, and, and and there's there, you know, it's all POV. There's a reason why you know I like The Last of Us too because it's a lot of POV. Yeah. You know, these are the kind of things that you want to share with people because not like I said, not everybody's gonna play these games, but if you're gonna adapt it, certain things might be smarter to do. And I have more respect for people that sit down and take the time and care about integrity and talk about them than just people that say. Well, it's this game or this franchise or whatever. Slap sure. a name on it. Let's sell some, and then take Master Chief's helmets off. I, don't, I have more respect <laughs> for that. <laughs> Last thing I want to mention that I, that has me kind of excited about this is because um, they did mention that some of the stuff that they are, are creating for the show, because obviously Neil Druckmann's this thing, but Craig Mazin has a way to tell stories. He has a great way of of, of producing content. Is they're going to focus on certain elements of life before the pandemic, before Cordyceps comes around. And my understanding is one of the episodes focuses on Bill, uh, the character Nick Offerman plays. Bill's an awesome character in the game, but we don't get a whole lot from Bill. Mm-hmm. He does have kind of like a heartbreaking story. 
but we're going to explore a lot of Bill before the pandemic. I think it's the third or fourth episode, and a lot of people have, have really been very happy with that episode because you're actually getting some lore that wasn't in the game mm-hmm. that they use the game as kind of a blueprint mm-hmm. and really fleshed out Bill and some other things going around the world, going on around the world before Cordyceps uh, when, in, in, infested everyone. When you bring in the guys that created the material, you let them ma- do it. Well, not only oh, that, yeah, but yeah. like it, it just it, it. The only word that ever comes up to me in these kind of instances is integrity. Yeah, that's what it's, that's what's yep. going on here. And I hope, really hope that going forward, after something like this comes, let's say it comes out, it does great, everybody's. Loving it. You're not going to be able to please everybody. It's not possible. Nothing's 100%. And there might be things that you and I are like, like, uh, Yeah, there like might be choice. something. Yeah, who knows? But, like, overall, you can still appreciate. Listen, you can still criticize and dislike certain yeah. things about stuff and still enjoy it. That's that's okay to do, everybody. Just a reminder for everybody. You can do that. You, yeah, you can you certainly can totally do, not you, like something. Right. You can criticize If there's certain a certain aspects. point in the game that you like more than others, they don't reflect that in the right. show. Right. That's yeah, fine. Absolutely. That's, that's fine. But you can still overall still like it and enjoy it. That's fine. But, you know, I, I just hope this kind of sets a new bar. Like, like there's a lot of good video games out there that's got great stories that like Assassin's Creed for instance is another one that like there were cool elements of about it in the movie but they added this big fucking arm thing like I don't know if you've ever seen it but like it had potential as well too like Ugh. anything else that's made into a movie from a video game but the problem is you're trying to tell a story that's been around for a decade into two and a half hours and you can't do it yeah, it's hard to do but that. now you but but they're doing it with a TV show now that's exciting because they're gonna let these guys really fucking unfurl their wings yeah. and tell the fucking story, you know, as close and as it should be. And you let and you let the showrunners, the guys from Chernobyl, add on to the story with Druckmann's, vi- you know, under his, the his HBO banner. Fucking sweet, man. So fucking we'll be watching sweet. that on uh, Sunday night. We'll talk about the first episode, our impressions of that next Wednesday. Uh, we hope you guys and girls are able to check it out. I think it'll be a good conversation to have. Yeah. And Tone, yes. let's move on to our final topic, sir. Yeah. This is for Tricky. This is for Tricky. Ladies and gentlemen, we talked about it last week, and we can confirm now this week, Wednesday has been renewed for a second season (laughs) at Netflix. There you go. So when we do the the Cuddles and Tricky Tournament next week, or next year, for best TV show of 2023, we know Wednesday will be in the conversation. Absolutely. Trick can can vote without his hands. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or uh, the show has grown to become the second biggest English uh, language right. season of television on Netflix with over 1.2 billion hours viewed within its first 28 days. Damn, damn, damn. Uh, while the show's undoubted success screamed at, uh, for a renewal, the sales of the rights to Adam's family to Amazon sparked a lot of rumors that we talked about last week of uh, Netflix maybe either canceling it or shifting it over to Amazon. Uh, we heard from the showrunners Alfred Goh and Miles Millar uh, quote, it's been incredible to create a show that is connected with people across the world, especially Tricky Region. Thrilled to continue to uh, Wednesday's torturous journey into season two. We can't wait to dive headfirst into another season and explore the kooky, spooky world of Nevermore. Right. Just need to make sure Wednesday hasn't emptied the pool first and that Tricky Region has his pants on. Correct. So, so. uh Again, they didn't really dive into the details. We don't know what went into renewing this or what kind of deal, right. if any, had to be made with Amazon because clearly they own the rights to the Adams family. So I'm sure there were some back-end dealings going on. We're not privy to that information, but, hey, it's 2023. Well, Just wait for social media. Someone's going to leak that shit. Right, and we've actually – so because of some of the connections you've had prior to some of the other media outlets prior that you were doing before Banter and Babble – um, we're able to now announce that there's potential that we may actually be able to get to send Tricky Region on location 
sometime in the next year to talk to some of the cast members, get some of the behind the scenes and trying to get some scoop on this as well, too. So he will be on location at some point being the undercover trick out there which means we're gonna uh, open up a, a patreon to bail him out of jail right uh for his uh season right right he's gonna be on TMZ in like a month <laughs> <laughs> she gonna have a what is it a personal ppo against him right real quick. right right this guy's creeping me the fuck out but i uh, know uh you know i actually watched the first episode of this the other day <laughs> uh, oh my god <laughs> why do you have condoms and zemas oh my jesus god jesus christ god. what year is it king leave him alone leave him alone never um no uh dude did you see uh jenner Ortega was at golden globes last night and did you see scream uh the twitter account no they said uh the golden globes put out a tweet that says jenner Ortega's here and the scream uh quoted and said not for much longer no. <laughs> i was pretty, like oh my god that's, that's hilarious dude good stuff that shit was great, but um, no, I actually watched the first episode of this last weekend, um, this past weekend. I actually liked it. I know you said it gets a lot better going forward, so I <laughs> no, don't take them all back. We need you, trick. We need you, baby. Uh, but no, I actually really liked the first episode. I thought it was really yeah. cool, and you said it just gets better, so yeah, I'm gonna make my man. way through that over the next couple weekends. But uh, this weekend, dude, Tony, man, I am uh, I'm really hyped because this weekend. Not only is The Last of Us on Sunday, The Servant starts up on Friday. Oh, yeah, you're a big fan. Final season of The Servant on Apple Plus TV. Can't wait to see where M. Night is taking that show uh, in the final season. Did some real heavy Rosemary Baby vibes the last season. Towards the end, I was like, oh, man, this is getting dark. And uh, so, yeah, the final season begins on Friday. And then, obviously, The Last of Us on Sunday. Uh, this weekend, we're going to watch The Menu. It's available now on HBO Max. Yes. Make sure you check that out. HBO Max, <laughs> uh, the menu with uh, Ralph Ray Fiennes, um, Anna Taylor-Joy, and Nicholas Holt. Nicholas Holt. So we're going to check that out this week, and we'll talk about that next Wednesday as well. Uh, once again, big shout-out on Target Parodies. You have less than an hour to get in on that discount. B-N-B. B-A-N-D-B. And get- Capitalize that shit. Get over there, grab yourself a T-shirt, grab yourself a koozie, or grab Thanks. everything. Thanks again so much for allowing yeah. us to give away your stuff, and thank you again for providing that code for us so we can get 15% off. I made use of it. I actually might hop on there and grab a koozie before the deal ends. <laughs> so we really appreciate yeah. your support and letting us yeah. uh, 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 showcase thank your you. stuff and, and hook up our community. Uh, Tone, that's going to do it, man. I'm done. My voice is starting to go to shit. That's right. Oh, damn, look at that. Oh, Doggy, you grabbed a couple shirts. Appreciate that. I uh, um, did buy a shirt for a good friend of mine. His birthday's coming up. He's a big uh, fan of uh, uh, Obi-Wan, so I got him a T-shirt sent to his house as well, too. So really excited. Uh, yes, thank you for uh, doing that with us, and hopefully we work together maybe in the future as well, too. We'd love to. Maybe we'll talk about We'll something. see him at Comic-Con. We'll see Grab him at Comic-Con. We'll Comic-Con. Maybe we can do something uh, to connect. Uh, we'll get him on the show something. for sure. There you go. Perfect. Get him on so, for an interview. Well, hey, uh, as always, just a little bit of house cleaning stuff. Uh, thank you for just showing up here, being here when you can, whether it's every week, every other week, whether it's once in a while, whether it's listening to us on YouTube, watching to us on YouTube, Spotify, iTunes, everywhere else you can see us or if you listen to us, wherever you intake us. If you do, we appreciate you. Thank you so much. Please continue to do what you do. Like, follow, sub, leave a comment when applicable, please. Those are huge for us as well. Rating as well, too. Uh, I believe Apple, iTunes is where you can do that as yes. well. So we appreciate all that sort of feedback as well. And as I always say, if you enjoy us, you know somebody else that might enjoy us, whether it's friend, cousin, whoever it could be, 
please share them with uh, uh, you know us as well too. We want to be able to meet them and uh, have them get sight on us as well too because we want to continue to grow. So uh, we can't thank you all enough. We're really excited because you know we are getting to be now less than two months away from the Midland Mall Comic Con. Nice. We are so close from that event. We're super excited. We're still putting down groundworks of things as well too. I believe we have confirmed we have our booth hottie or whatever booth babe uh crash will yeah. be there hopefully cosplaying um we're not gonna say who but crash is gonna be hanging out with us uh and, and being able to talk to people while we're live streaming because it's it's hard to talk when people it walk is. up there's a lot of things going on we appreciate it but crash is gonna be hanging out with there talking about banter and babble we're gonna have some raffles he'll be able to like hand out business cards things like that so yeah you know, Crash has been, uh, you know, ever since he's gotten in, integrated in with the BNB community, he's been one of our biggest supporters as well, too, in every form. So we love and appreciate that he'll be there as well, too. Prince. Uh, I, I really, if please, if, if does, you can oh please cosplay as Prince one day, I might. Yeah, that would be amazing. It shouldn't be a contender. It should, it's a front it, runner. it should be a front runner. But uh, um, Tricky Regents is going to be around as well, too. Of course, um, you know, hopefully any of you out. I know Cherry's going to be around coming up. We're working on some pretty dope shit for the cosplay contest we're not quite ready to announce it yet fingers crossed we can but, get yes uh, we could have something pretty cool for the cosplay thing but we'll keep you guys posted yep, on that we're really sure. excited for that seven dungeons is gonna be here oh shit i well you don't he shows me. up dude don't tease me like that motherfucker Man. don't you even start that shit that's, that's don't a, even start that but uh seven tease. seven dungeons will be doing of course D D. uh not far behind us behind the stage him and uh mike and some of the guys will have uh dice rolling as well too people can jump in there and do that uh, uh half-ass booth review not beer oh, review, man, booth review um is rumored to be walking around for an hour or two each day talking to some of the booth folks um getting some footage of us and seven dungeons as well too so thank you to paul and fetz toy depot for all the hard work he puts into this as you said you know uh, we want to give so much props and shout outs because it's a big opportunity for us to meet people, be yeah. there live and center at a fucking Comic-Con. Being involved with a Comic-Con is so exciting. Fucking Just amazing. being there, generally seeing the commerce, people watching, hanging out, meeting. It's it's a fantastic. There's going to be some great vendors this year. going to be amazing. So if you guys can get into the area, let us know. Hopefully we can plan a night where we hang out as well, too. So, But again, as always, thank you to you guys, too. You guys are the best. We appreciate everything you do. All the shares, all the tweets, retweets, all the stuff. So, thank you for being here week in, week out. Thank you so much. We can't thank you ever enough. Guy hit all the notes. Friday night, I'll be live with a multiplayer game. Probably Call of Duty, but we'll see. We'll talk about it in the Discord, see what everyone's feeling. But I'll be live on Friday night uh, with some beers, uh, maybe some rage with COD. We'll see what's going. We'll see what's going on. We'll talk to everybody. If nobody else wants to play, then I'm going to play COD. If everyone wants to play COD, we're going to play COD. But we'll see. Well, yeah, Carlos will just have to come on and get us a 20, a 200 to nothing victory again. Yeah, so. Looks like I know what you guys are playing. Probably playing COD. There you go. But we'll see. But uh, for Fanboy Tone, I'm the Dude 79. Thank you so much for watching. I hope everyone has a great weekend. We'll see you Friday night. If not, next Wednesday, 9 p.m. Eastern, right here at Twitch. Good night, everybody. Yeah.